Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Merang and Dusty, the fan man Hera. All throws of monkey sounds in there called good. The old like Danny Merang pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. The Fan. Oh, ah, it is a solo monkey. Joined by Jordan Schultz, Jeff Russ behind the glass, Dusty here out today. How about you, boy? Hey, it is a Danny and Dusty Schultzy Rusty edition. We appreciate y'all. It's going to be one of those days. I'm running things, so things will break. That's how this goes. Happy Thursday to you. We're going to go right in the side of the mountain a couple of times today, I'm sure. The one thing we can count on is I. the only time we're ever realistically close to being on the clock on a regular basis is when I'm here, and that's only because I'm staring at the clock like, okay, next, 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 next. Because I don't have to do that always because Dusty usually handles that for us. So, little little poke behind the curtain. Schultz, how you doing, man? I'm good. I went to the Fall Out Boy concert actually here in Portland. That was awesome, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it started... God, Fall Out Boy did not take the stage until I, I looked right at my phone. Nine Eleven was the, when they finally started. I just, no. I hate sitting through three openers, and I kind of thought that Ooh. I was gonna eat like like Miss Jimmy Eat World, but then I ended up sitting through that entire performance even after we got dinner. So, were you in the middle of the concert? Um, what do you mean, like the middle of the concert? Where, like, in the middle of the performance? Jimmy, or? Jimmy Eat World, the middle. Oh, you're funny. Oh, God, <laughs> see, I was I, Jimmy Butler there. He did do the. Uh, I don't the believe the video. He did well. He did the full like, like full social uh, push out with it too. Yeah, there's a million photos of him and uh, I don't even know what you call that. Uh, uh, emo cowboy regalia. Yes, I. That's pretty close. I yeah, think that's I, fair enough. Like, yeah, that's like if I if I put that Jimmy Butler emo cowboy regalia in an yeah. AI generator. Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood cowboy. It's probably not, not going to be far off. Yeah, lots of rhinestones. Yeah, very very sequined. I, I would say I saw some people looking like that at the concert. That was kind of what the general vibe was. Bedazzled. It, yeah, yeah, and there, yeah, there we go. They, they did play that song at least. So so I got to hear that live. Okay. So a good show though. Oh, oh, it was fantastic. I, I'm I am loving my wife's favorite band is Fall Out Boy, and I probably oh, knew 70 percent of the songs, and I'm loving that performance. Okay. The only great. one I really know is that song from uh, whatever the the name of it was in uh, uh, Big Hero Six, the Disney movie. Mm. Oh, because my kids, you know, I turns have kids, out soundtracks <laughs> still a viable way of like developing music. You right? Know, when we were growing up, like you used to have like every movie had like a hit single. Yeah. Why? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Instead, it's now like a movie makes a song. Like right. You get like uh, Frozen. Yes. Or, you know, uh, what's, what's another one that's, that's been big? Uh, the Encanto one, yep. right? Encanto, I don't, yeah. I don't have kids, so I can't. I, I yeah, I don't know. We don't talk the... about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> what was it watched over and over? I'm missing something. I liked it. A million times? No, that was one of the that songs, was one of songs yeah. in the in the Encanto movie. Yeah, I, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. I, no, I knew no, I knew no, that no. one. I have yeah. a, I have a niece and a nephew. <laughs> that's that's like how I tangentially experience these things. Is uh, 
yeah, I'm a monster, and my family uses my Disney Plus. So, uh, as as the good Lord intended, share your logins, everybody, uh, for as long as you can. Yes, app yeah. by app, that will be going. Except away. on Netflix, because they'll they'll charge they'll you more get now. You, yeah, yeah. But uh, I always see the sign-ins for Disney Plus, and I'm like, hmm, there we go. What's, what's, what's happening here yeah. right about now? I'm like, ah, <laughs> the kids are being nightmare fuel right now. Let's go ahead and throw that movie on. I mean, how, they, many, how many profiles are you up to? Like eight, nine? I was going to say, seven, they created their own profiles on yeah, there? The ki- yeah, the okay. kids each have one. And the yeah. uh, hilariously, my niece uh, made um, my sister. She used, uh, what's the Angelina Jolie one? Um, Maleficent. Maleficent. Yeah. My niece made my sister's profile picture, Maleficent. Gotcha. What's funny is on, on our uh, uh, Max account, you have your different profiles on yeah. there too, right? So I've got my profile, my wife has hers, and our avatars, our profile pictures. I'm I'm Tony Soprano, and she's Carmela. Nice. Yeah. Oh, you guys have the That's individual not... ones huh, to, keep, oh, yeah. to keep your algorithms apart? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, you have to do that. Yeah. My wife would get pissed at all the crime documentary sleazy series that pop up on my algorithm. That's my wife. Oh, she it's, watches it's the, that? all of that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> hell well, see, yeah, because she yeah. watches all the the Love Is Blind crap and all yes. those other. I'm like, I don't want that on my that is, profile. That, that is that is well. See, that's the thing is like, I don't use Netflix all that often, and so I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, Love Is know. Blind is a lie too. So, I mean, yeah. they, do they put like fives and sixes on there? No, you know that you're going to get a nine or ten on the other side of that door. Yeah, I don't know. Love Is Blind is rarely. Ra- if they did like a whole show, they throw a catfish in there every yeah, now and then. four fives and sixes with nines and tens on the other side of those doors. That would be a show I would watch seven seasons. I of. guess the, the other day there was one. There was a reveal. Got to really rolling the dice. My wife was telling me there was a re- <laughs> reveal where they came out and they saw each other and 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 I think it was the dude and he was just like. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm gonna go. See that did the hard did the hard pivot, yeah. huh? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry, I'd rather watch. <laughs> threw, that. His, threw his hands up. Yeah. Nah, I'm yeah. good. It's like that the is... dealer leaving the table in Vegas. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh God, peace out. Pulling the sleeves. Ah, <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm out. out. No, thank you. God, not what I expected. Man or woman, what would that do to you, confidence wise, mentally, emotionally? That oh, that's got to just be. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. I mean, how do, you, how do you recover from that? It's one thing to have that happen, like if you went on a blind date, yeah. like I said, of my friends, and the dude, let, let, let's flip it. Let's say the, the chick sees the dude from the parking lot and is like, yeah. well, you, nope, I'm, I'm out. You go hit the dive bar and find a five. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, this is on TV for everyone to see. That's yeah. fair, right? That's the thing that I, I don't like. I, I have probably half dozen, no. 10, 12 people in my life, whether tangentially related or, or relatively close friends, who have done relationship reality TV shows. Oof, rough. And Whoa. So you know, you get the inside scoop. I hear some of these stories and, and how it's done, and I'm just like... How much of jerks these producers are? Why are you subjecting yourself to this? Like, I at least got it 15 years ago when it wasn't the most holy scripted thing on the face of the planet. And it was back then. It was your foot in the door. Like you could, you could become an influence, like an early stage influencer, or get onto other shows. Like it, I don't know if it made you famous, but at least you made made you notorious. It put you on the map, at least to be seen. Yeah, like you could get something out of it. Now I'm just like you. You are just self, just deprecating at every turn. It's almost like the the I will do absolutely anything for clicks mentality. And you know that that's not, you, you kind of mentioned it as something that was maybe a little less 
controversial at the time. Now it's just like, okay, you know those people are bottom of the barrel. They'll just do anything. It's terrifying. I don't I don't I don't do it. Like I, I did TV and it was reality, quote unquote, as sports and it we did things on there and I was like, oh God, did I really do that? That was that was not great. I have to live with that. That well, you, lives on in, in, in infamy. You also didn't have producers pushing you to be like, hey, hey, say that crappy thing again for me. Come on, make, no, make an ass out of yourself. No, no, they could just count on me to do that. Oh, that okay. was that was the difference. Yeah, we, was, don't need, we don't need to be pushed to make asses out of ourselves. We do it on our own volition. That's fair. I do it quite often. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I would fall face first into it. I, I mean, I got my head shaved on live TV, which, I mean, the pictures from that were, were not great. <laughs> you did your mustache, at least in the bathroom. Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't shave you like a animal right. on live TV. Yeah, no, just like an animal in the bathroom. And then I had to sit here with a reverse Hitler for three hours. He was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, would you have rather had the Hitler? No. Okay. No. Yeah. We had to catch you off guard with it, right? It was funny because Dusty and I were both like, "What do you think?" I was reverse Hitler. <laughs> yeah, reverse Hitler. Reverse Hitler. We don't give him the full. Well, because you can give look. Look, those were glorious handlebars on either side. They of the were face there. Yeah, it so. looked like two thick caterpillars on your lip. Yeah, as good, opposed to one short fat caterpillar. It was a good on one. Which, uh, speaking of Hitler, started watching uh, Masters of War, professional radio transition. How do you like that? <laughs> speaking of Hitler. <laughs> I don't think you know what I, I can't. I'll tell you what that's not a, that's not a transition you hear on radio all the time. Speaking of Hitler, I, I came in today and that was about the last thing I expected to hear. There you go. No, I started watching Masters of War and um, I, I I we were talking before the show. Uh, Band of Brothers is probably my favorite thing ever created on TV, and it is the most tremendous piece of of cinema I think I've ever seen. It is entirely perfect. I would change nothing about it. Masters of Air is. It's not as good, but my God, is it good? And does it... turns out that Spielberg guy really good knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows how to make a good movie, right? Yeah, he's he... done a couple of them. Spielberg, Tom Hanks, they come together, they do some good stuff. I mean, pointing to the work of geniuses, I'm not sure I can add to that. Like, yeah, they're mm. amazing. Everything they do, they s greatness. They 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 <laughs> manage to make dudes sitting in planes and getting shot down endlessly incredible. Like it's. If for those that are unaware of how uh, air sorties or air missions worked in World War II, it was basically just rolling the dice every single time you went up, <laughs> and because anti-air and flak cannons. Also, understanding how terrifying flak must have been. Like I, I, I had to instruct pilots and air crew regularly on every single flight about anti-air threats, surface-to-air missile systems, radar, everything that goes that goes into that stuff. Brian Williams on any of your flights, by the way, M MSNBC anchor. No, no, no <laughs> noted liar. No, did just not, just making sure. Did not make it on those. But that I was, was in that helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of that. Um, I mean, I had to do that. It was part of part of uh, working as an intelligence briefing with air crew. Yeah, and you know, if the last time somebody was shot down was '96, I believe. 96 was the last time we had an aircraft shot down in hostile territory. 96 or 99. It's been a long time. Um, we've had aircraft shot down since. Just uh, at that at that kind of point, it's kind of like, Ugh. But these guys were going up every single time and just getting hammered. And it, it they graphically portray, like, flat cannons going off. And for those that don't know the same, what a flak is, it's like bits and shards of metal, shrapnel shot up into the air in little puffs at varying altitudes to shred a plane's wings or to blow up in a the air crew's face. I mean, it just... And they demonstrate that in a way you're just like... 
Yeesh. Meant to inflict max damage. Yeah, it's it's nasty stuff. Um, but yeah, Vancouver Vortex line asking if I watched the Pacific. Um, I, I did. I watched the Pacific. I, I've se- I, I've seen some people say that they, they like the Pacific better than Band of Brothers. To which I say, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> opinions are 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 um, are factually incorrect. That's that's how these work. When uh, when I have the microphone, that's, I'm going to go full Adam Sandler. Yeah, I have the microphone. Yeah, sir. I am the captain now. <laughs> uh, but no, Pacific has done incredibly well as well. And, and, and this is again, the, each one has their own kind of offerings. But uh, on the recommendation, on the I know it's not a movie, but uh, it's a triple D, triple D, hands Ooh, down. It's, triple D. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely perfect. I, well, five episodes in, and I have cried. I don't know twenty times. Man, twenty times at least. Yikes! Just, oh god! Like that's a couple an episode. Oh yeah, that's what, four an episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's about right. About four times an episode. Yikes! Yeah, it's. I mean, look, man, World War II was uh, not great. Not great. Really? <laughs> Turns out millions of people dying. Not great, but it was fantastic stuff so far. So, uh, if you're looking for something new to watch, that's that's the one that I've I've been diving into. Oh yeah, I've been uh, getting into. I watched. I finally finished Griselda. So I all ten episodes of that. On oh, Netflix. that's the one with the the super hot like being dumbed uh, down, right? Uh, Sofia Vergara. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. found a they found a way to make one of the five most beautiful women on the face of the planet look not. Like like the seventh most beautiful uh, woman on the planet, and, and I still lo- spicy. I love it when they're like, "No, let's make her ugly," and yeah. like making her ugly is like leathering her skin a little yeah. bit. It's like she's still built like a brick house. What are we doing like, here? What, they didn't use the go to and just throw some glasses on her too. Yeah, right? no. Yeah. Oh my god, what was what was God? Uh, what was the Freddie Prince Jr. one with the? Uh, she's uh, all that. Yes. yes. Uh, just takes her glasses off and puts yeah. down her hair. It's like, oh my God, look how hot she is. <laughs> right. It's like she looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> she started out looking hot. Yeah. What, are we, what are we doing here? No, Griselda was nice, but uh, there was like almost. That's vicious, though. Like the, the assassination oh, and stuff like that. Oh, it was crazy. But... I, my wife was, again, watching that, and I saw the. Uh, okay. I walked in the room for those, and I was like. Oh, we're getting gritty. All right. Yeah, you walked in right at the at the peak of the series. Mm-hmm. I always manage to do that to my wife too. Yeah. It's fun. But but the entire series was good minus I would say about an episode's worth of her just sitting there puffing on a cigarette. The, the, just we seriously need more minute people or smoking two. in movies or in shows though because nobody does it anymore. No, I agree with you, but <laughs> while they're actually doing something, when it, just imagine mm. a show. Let's just do a segment of Danny and Schultz here just Puffing on a couple of cigarettes. And then just, what's up? Well, I, 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 I failed to see the problem here. I recently did a rewatch <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> I recently did a rewatch right. of, of True Detective. Stay I haven't corrected. started the new season yet, but I went and mm. watched each of the first three. Oh, yeah. So many cigarettes. Is, is in, this a Quentin Tarantino like obsession? Oh, my God. So many cigarettes. Somebody... Just between Woody and McConaughey. And then you got Colin Farrell and, and Rachel McAdams. Uh, and, and then in the season three, there's the, um, uh, oh gosh, I forget his name. Uh, the, I'm gonna the forgettable it. Mahers- season. Ma- Marshall Ali. Thank you. Yeah, very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and even um, Stephen Dorff too. Uh, well, Dorff. So many cigarettes I, I, every, every season. Every 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 scene in Blade. Mm-hmm. The first Blade movie. He is he's got a heater. Well, yeah. Dorff did like a blue vape commercial too, didn't he? Yeah, he was like on a beach. He's like, yo, it's really cool to do what I do. Yeah. Oh yeah, just yeah. vape it. The, the, yeah, the, the glue, the blue, <laughs> the blue, glowing, yeah, uh, blu cigarette. Yeah, God. yeah. But, no, uh, yeah. well, in season two of True Detective, I think was the one that really got pooped on a lot. Yeah, that's, that's the one I was talking yeah. about. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. 
I in the rewatch, I think I enjoyed it more than I did the first time around. Maybe, but I also I'm I also think, a big I like Vince Vaughn though too. I do too. I I, I will never say anything about Vince Vaughn. I mm-hmm. think it was more calling on that one. Um, as far yeah. as smoking goes, though, I think the streaming services aren't governed the same way as like network television, so they can put like cigarettes in shows on Netflix and HBO way more than they can like mm-hmm. on NBC and on even like FX. I well, believe, and what's funny is now when you get to the when you get to like to the ratings on those shows, whether it's like, you know, TV 17 or TV MA and the, the reasons why they put them on there is, a lot, you know, you'll have coarse language and nudity and adult content mm-hmm. and smoking. Oh, like they have the... an actual smoking one now. Yes. Oh, on old Disney movies. If it's PG, it usually says because of like situations and smoking. Yeah. 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 They, they, yeah. They because put Jafar's that, like, the sitting there hitting the hookah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jafar. Getting high as a kite. I will rule you all. Yeah, I'd be talking to a parrot too if I'm sitting there hitting that hookah for six hours in an opium den. What are we doing here? Yeah. Come, Iago. Yeah. Yeah. Why does that parrot sound like Gilbert Godfrey? I don't know. Hand me the opium pipe. I'll tell you. Like, no. Game of Wonders. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that, that definitely sounds like how that movie got around was like. I don't know. Everybody sitting around the hookah. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you see the talking bird? Yeah, I see the talking bird. I think we can work with. We can work with that, dude. I think that carpet is flying, dude. You know who we should get for the genie? Robin, Williams. Robin Williams. Man. See, this is coming together way too easily. You know what else we should do? We should spell sex in the sand. They'll Actually, never see it. Fun fact about Robin Williams in that movie is the genie. One four-hour recording session was all that took. He went full Jay Z. Full, full one, just one hitter. And well, they literally worked around some of the lines that he yeah, gave he in that four-hour session. And they just let him go. Yeah, yeah. And they loved it. Everything he did. It basically that movie was scripted almost around what he did in yeah, that four-hour. Basically, hour like session. outside of the song or songs. Yeah, it, yeah. it was. It was. It was all him. Yeah, that, 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 that tracks. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got you got genius. You let the genius go. Yeah, you just kind of let him go. I, I uh, stumbled across his uh, his uh, roast of um, oh my goodness, uh, Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, mm-hmm. my god, <laughs> young Robin Williams roasting Richard Pryor <laughs> while was, he was still on cocaine. Oh, buddy, <laughs> right, buddy. <laughs> the th- it, it's way more than George Carlin's Seven Things You Can't Say on TV. It was incredible. I do oh, good. My goodness. Um, yeah. So, um, a lot of Vancouver Ford text lines right now is uh, agreeing. Masters Air really, really, really good. It's uh, so if you're again if you're looking for something out there, Apple TV, fantastic stuff. Uh, where we have to start though, we, we we do have to sports, ladies and gentlemen. We do have to sports. Yeah, we did have it. We, we've gone about 19 minutes of just squirrel here. Haven't yeah, we? well, I mean, like I said, <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna keep it off, uh, get it off the rails very quickly. Uh, the NFL Combine is getting underway. A lot of answers are gonna, or excuse me, a lot of questions are going to need to be answered at the quarterback position. That's what we'll start today's show on the air on Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. Dusty on the fan. The Underwear Olympics are officially underway at the NFL Combine. The, the Thick Boys are out running 40s right now. We just had uh, the uh, Texas defensive lineman Byron Murphy run a 488 
at, I, I think he's listed at like 320 pounds, which that's terrifying. <laughs> Seeing soon to be uh, multi-million dollar athletes in their skivvies, basically looking chubby like the rest of us, makes me feel more confident as a human being. Yeah, for every one of those, though, there's an Aaron Donald who has a six-pack at 315 pounds. At running like a 4'7". Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely purely <laughs> yeah. uh, terrifying. And then you get Captain Dadbod Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, so the official weight on Byron Murphy, 312 pounds. Oh, okay. 312 pounds running a 48840. That My should God. be like that's terrifying. Illegal. That's and he's not 312. He's got to be like 325. That's a low. I that's... I mean, they just got him on the scale. Oh, okay. All right. That's so they're that the, is the official. So the official was 312. So, um, yeah, these, these, oh my God, Trevondre Sweat is six foot four and a half, 366 pounds. Yeah, that's, that's a whole lot of human. You know, not a whole lot of human. Most quarterbacks. With the exception, of course, Dad Bod Patrick Mahomes, I will get squirreled away by this combine endlessly because I I am always fascinated by the absolute pure size of humans uh, in professional sports. But there is now reporting coming out of New England, Mac Jones Noodle Arm is on the way out. On the way out, the Patriots are making their decision. According to MassLive.com, they have made their decision, and uh, well, he's gone. Are we shocked? Dun, 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 dun. Mac has a noodle arm. God, it's so good. It's... <laughs> this team blows. This team blows. Bigger that... flaw than Lance Armstrong. Mm. <laughs> that guy in the beginning sounds like Bill Burr. Mac has a noodle arm. Tell me that doesn't sound <laughs> like Bill Burr. Right, exactly. It, it 100% yeah. sounds like It's like that scene from the movie The Heat, you know? Yeah. With the, yeah are yeah. you or are you not, not a knock? knock? Yeah. I'm still mad. Oh, I'm still oh, mad we didn't. Narc. Still mad we didn't ask him about that. Right, exactly. Because that had to be great. I know. Uh, but Drod Mayo is, uh, well, they, they're not uh, They're not trying to hide what they're doing, which is Mac Jones is gone, and they're looking to get a veteran quarterback and take a rookie. That is the plan. Now, which rookie is going to be interesting? There are multiple mocks right now that have Drake May going number two to the Commanders, and dun-dun-dun-dun, Jaden Daniels falling to the Patriots, which, uh, for me at least, is fantastic because watching Dusty have to squirm over, over a quarterback for a long period of time as a Raiders fan would be a lot of fun. It would be very fun to watch Dusty have to deal with a uh, LSU quarterback with a big arm that uh, has a lot of issues. I, that, that Selfishly, for me, I would like to see that. But uh, if you run down the list... The Patriots, quote-unquote, have a plan in place. And this is all being put out by Mass Live, which means it's being put out by the Patriots for a purpose, which, again, this time of year, smoke season. So, if you're, Justin, or Jordan, if you're looking at the Patriots right now, are you are you done with Mac Jones, or, or are you, ah, he can work as the bridge, or do you want him out, get the veteran guy in, and draft a rookie? Well, with a new coach and a new offensive coordinator, I would hope that they get to pick their own guy. It's like when you hire a, a new regime running the team, Gerard Mayo, and a new GM in town, so, so why would they throw the old quarterback into that mix? No, get Mac Jones the hell out of town. I feel like even trading for Justin Fields at this point would be a better option for the New England Patriots. Obviously, they don't look like they have to do that, but I'd be interested to see if Jaden Daniels fell. Uh, we talk about like trading for Justin Fields. We've seen Atlanta at the number three pick connected to him because of the comments that uh, Justin Fields has made about some of those guys and wanting to play with them or how much he loves those, those guys on their offense. But 
I, I definitely think that they're, they're, there's no way that Mac Jones comes back. They would be so much better off just trying to start over J.J. McCarthy even. I'm not too, too high on him, but that would be a better option than Mac Jones at this point. Yeah, and if you're kind of wondering where the Patriots staff may land on Mac Jones, well, this is new head coach Rod Mayo. In my mind, the most important piece is the quarterback. He touches the ball in every single play on offense. Ooh. He touches the ball, distributes the ball. You want that leadership. You want that leadership from that spot. So to me, that's the number one priority. It appears that he thinks that they don't have that in place right now. Yeah, reading between the lines. <laughs> Not really reading between the lines, actually, at all. He's pretty much saying it, isn't he? The, also, the interesting thing about this is that the Patriots are, are through this article, and are floating out the idea of that bridge quarterback, getting yeah. a veteran. Um, like a Geno Smith type. Or Joe Flacco is familiar with the organization. Uh, that's actually a name that's thrown in here. Okay. You know, comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco, ladies and gentlemen. But... To work as a as a bridge quarterback, as a gap quarterback, in much the same way that Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay, and then Jordan Love did behind Aaron Rodgers, in that they are not in a hurry to force a quarterback out there to develop because of what they just went through with Mac Jones. I get that, but can New England actually be that patient? We're, we're talking about Boston sports fan here. So Gerard Mayo doesn't, I mean, I'm sure he got a five-year contract, but he doesn't have more than, what, a couple of years of goodwill from the sports fans and sports media there in that area before. I mean, th those those people are foaming at the mouth about their teams. I would not be shocked if they try to start all in. You can't really do that in New England. It's just not the market for it. It's it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that shakes out because, I, number one, I don't see a I don't see the Patriots as a team that look at Jaden Daniels historically. I, I, I get they they want a big arm and that's that they want to be more explosive, but I just I have a hard time seeing them as the team that goes and gets the dual threat quarterback. Well, yeah, it doesn't really work traditionally in cold weather spots, right? I mean, that's why Chicago hasn't really had a dual threat until they got Justin Fields. It works with maybe more of a mediocre quarterback in the Super Bowl in the 80s with a great offensive line mm -hmm. with great wide receiver, or excuse me, a great tight end to block and then a great running back. So that's how Chicago, that's how a lot of cold weather teams get it done. New England isn't going to do well with Caleb Williams or even a Jaden Daniels. That's why I say, I mean, we saw them get to the playoffs with a crappy Mac Jones because Bill Belichick was able to work him into his system and basically just do what he wanted to do, Belichick, with the quarterback, and that was maybe let him throw 10 times a game and pretty much try to fool the defense the rest of the time. That's at least where I'm looking. J.J. McCarthy or somebody else, like you say, a bridge veteran, I don't like that option for their fans, but it's probably going to be a better fit for them offensive-wise than a dual-threat quarterback. It's going to be interesting. This is just one of many stories, as there's already rumors and news and notes coming out of the combine of Michigan's J.J. McCarthy also skyrocketing up the board, which... Oh, for the love of God! That's 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 my hell. That I'll that that'll be my cross to bear. I know as a Raiders fan that that's that's the way things are going to end up going. So you don't have to send it into the text line. I'm aware. It's it's. Gonna I'm be, so sorry. It's going to be bad. Who who are you guys going to throw out there next year? Aiden O'Connell. Oh God. Good old stash. That that sweet Aiden O'Connell quarterback news. <sighs> it's going to be great. God, I'm excited for you. <laughs> well, if you want to be excited, the, the second best AOC. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> thank you, Rust. Shots fired. Uh, Coming next, uh, we had uh, Mike Barrett on with Isaac and Souk on Monday uh, out at X Golf Tualatin. Uh, also, David Sampson joined uh, Dirt and Sprague this morning. There's there's some interesting news and notes coming out around not only MLB to, MLB to PDX, but the restructuring and expansion in Major League Baseball. And we're all on those. But first, here's the big Kahuna with the Sports Center update. Hamburger. 
cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. I got my first real six string. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. I always shoot a bit of side-eye at the thought of baseball coming to Portland with also a wide-open arms, open heart. Please, God, that would be so awesome. But it's been going on for the will-they-won't-they, will they, the, the Rachel and Ross of it all, for so long that I get why people go, okay, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't know. Sick of hearing about it. Yeah, and, but at the same time, I do, I, I know that this is going to be shocking to hear from some people. I am an optimist at heart, question mark. I think part of the problem is that it's the process as a whole, just by its own nature, it's not something, it takes a long time. Yes. To try to procure a professional sports franchise. No matter what sport it is. Right, exactly. And so part of the problem is that takes a long time and we're with Twitter and everything, we're such a immediate gratification. Now, now, I need now, now. I need news now, 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 now. Yeah, they think and so that's part of the problem. They think like the city of Portland can control this. No, no, this is a major well, league no, baseball. They they can and they've been problematic. Which is is part of this, um, but ultimately MLB still has to decide yes, sure. to put an expansion team in place. Yeah, but the city has not been entirely helpful. That's, I hear I not not fighting back on that. That's, that's for sure. Uh, but Mike Barrett, who is on the uh, MLB to PDX uh, board group, whatever you want to call it, the face of the movement. Yeah, certainly. If not if not the face, certainly the voice. Yes. Uh, but he was on with Isaac Gasuk on Monday at X Golf Twelve and live on location, and he had a couple thoughts on where things currently stand right now and where Portland kind of fits in with Salt Lake City or or fits against, so to speak. And if I'm Salt Lake, I don't want the A's to move to Vegas because are they going to really put another team in the Mountain Time Zone, not that far from Salt Lake and Denver? And you have a cluster of three. When you look at the when you look at the map and you look at baseball, where there are teams, there is this massive hole yep. out where we are. That one. And you know, I Commissioner Manfred talked. What well, has long as it been? Five years ago, talked about needing another team in the Pacific Time Zone in order for. I mean, for the. You know, when you're a commissioner, you're talking about time zones. You're talking about TV start times and first pitch times. And that's why I think that we are still, even though Salt Lake really has has dialed things up and they have massive political support, and we've said from the beginning, you need to have elected, well, we, we were told that, we you need to have elected officials as your champions in this thing. So they've done a good job of dialing that in. And they're trying to seize some momentum. Oh, no way! I mean, I don't think those are veiled shots. I think that's just Mike speaking about holistically. Portland as a as a city, commissioner group, uh, government body, um, it sucks. Well, it they, has sucked for my entire life. They don't prioritize the right things. I mean, they. you can stop at prioritize. <laughs> you can stop at prioritize. Like, well, I, 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 I don't care what political party you're in or what your exactly. beliefs are. This city. No, I'm not going right or Yeah, left. no, this, this city sucks on a government stand front. And, I mean, it's 
It doesn't matter who's mayor. doesn't matter who's on the commissioner. There's always a scandal. There's always some, you know, misappropriation of funds. There's always something that takes longer to get something done. It is one of the least effective and efficient city groups in the country. No, this has nothing to do with sports as far as inefficiency goes. I lived on the waterfront uh, where, where the Zydell family owns that entire group of, like, land next to OHSU, that mm-hmm. entire chunk. And they were going to develop that into, like, a huge restaurant, like, hub for grocery stores, mm-hmm. kind of a whole neighborhood south of John's Landing there. And then all of a sudden, PDX started demanding things that Zydell didn't want to do, some different environmental requirements, and there's like, you know what? It's always, it's always the birds. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? We're done with you. You could have had our billions, mm-hmm. and we're not going to give it. And remind me, what, what's what's going on down there right now? Uh, nothing. Yeah. More crappy apartments that aren't filled, I'm sure, because they're too expensive. Yeah, so um, Mike's Mike's right on that front. Uh, the, the interesting thing about that is, is that... Uh, Salt Lake does have a government and an ownership group that is is forward or pushing things forward. But the flip side of that is that's very true is that Major League Baseball has for years wanted another Pacific time zone team. Yeah. And Salt Lake doesn't give them that. So that's something that matters. The other thing that I, I hear pushed back on regularly, and this is I I I, I understand this because it's like, well, well. If if you're serious about this, if if MLB to PDX is serious about this, why can't we as as either fans or the media, why aren't we privy to know who the money is behind the group? David Sampson was on with Dirt and Sprague this morning, and he had a very interesting or a little bit of insight into why ownership is not made public. So it's totally up to you. If you want to know who the money is, then you won't get a team. And he, why do I say that? Major League Baseball, the commissioner, and the owners who are going to be voting for which city gets expansion and then which ownership group gets it. They don't want people getting ahead of themselves and getting out there in public before they've got approval and before they've got a team. So the smart people around the country who want to own a team, they are very, very quiet. I think this has a lot to do with the complete S show. We saw play out with Chris Hansen in the ownership group in Seattle and the Sacramento Kings. Can I quickly add, too, that Samson knows what he's talking about. This mm-hmm. was the David Samson that ran the Miami Marlins under Jeffrey Loria, yeah. now is a media magnet. So, so no, he he has dealt with Major League Baseball yeah. doing the transition from Florida to Miami. So he is the he is one of the heads as far as, like, knowing how this works. And he obviously knows people in higher circles in Major League Baseball and how how this thing works. This is, a, this is the big part about this is understanding kind of I don't want to say it's an excuse because I think I don't think it's an excuse. I, I think there's real justification behind this. The other part of this, of course, is that Major League Baseball is going to do all of their due diligence because they don't want another John J. Fisher. They want owners that are going to contribute to the the, the total part of the pie. And Samson kind of alluded to, hey, uh, this is also another reason why you might see Major League Baseball slow rollers. However, what is way more important when you are looking at expansion is whether or not that city will be able to actually support a team and that you are not adding a revenue-sharing recipient. They want to add a revenue-sharing payor, or at worst, revenue-sharing neutral, but really you want a revenue-sharing payor. You want to make the pot bigger. You want to make it so there is more sharing of money, and that takes precedence. That part right there, they want somebody contributing. They want Matt Ishbia coming in and going, 
here's my money. I'm in the second apron. Let me go ahead and spend. They want, you know, the Bezos of the world to buy teams. Where are the guaranteed big bucks coming from? Yes. They don't want some, they don't want the, uh, Oh God! Who's the cheap ass owner? The the Orioles. Merritt Paulson, maybe. That, yeah, a <laughs> hundred millionaire. Angelos. The Angelos family. Like, get get them out of there. Yeah, no. You want Merritt Paulson's dad? That's for sure. You 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 want the wealth fund manager types, uh, kind of being involved. But they don't want the Angelos family. They don't want the uh the Bidwells, who have been incredibly cheap with uh the the Cardinals. They don't want the uh wildly cheap John Jay Fishers because that does, that's more people taking from the pie. They want people contributing to the pie. And this is not a uh, let's go ahead and line our pockets to somebody else's money kind of situation, but it is to an extent. But also, nobody loses money on professional sports. It's fair. They don't. I mean, can it's Look, more... Can, can in a we... pandemic? Sure. But outside of that, you're not... You're not losing money. But I would ask the question because I do question the not validity of sports fandom here, but maybe the intensity of it at times. Can we get two plus million fans into seats at a Portland baseball team? You know, 81 games a year for games. Can can we do that? Because that's what you're going to need to sustain it. And that's a legit question to ask. You're not going to sell it out. But I am worried that, you know, people that are clamming for it aren't going to add up to that two two point two million fandom that they're going to need through the turnstiles. I think the the thought was it was going to be like a thirty two thousand seat stadium. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So let's let's do, let's do let's do yeah, let's, let's do, do quick math. Do quick math on the old calculator. Thirty two thousand times eighty one. 2.6. There you go. So 2.592. And so, that's that's just above, I believe, the middle of attendance in Major League Baseball from 2023. So, so I think they can do it. Okay. I, I, I genuinely do. Uh, whether or not... I mean, the, the other option is drive three and a half hours. Which, as you see, is I your, mean, I'm willing your, to do. I'm wearing my Schultz Mariners jersey, but, but again, that's almost nobody else. That's exactly. That was kind of my point. It's like, And that solves a lot of fan issues here as far as you know the when the the Sonics went away people I think thought well Seattle fans will become Blazers fans that that won't happen but it's the same thing here Portland fans with the exception of of some Mariners fans I'm just a baseball diehard yeah no no, but I mean like you know uh John Scannick is a a huge Mariners guy as well and uh obviously he's from uh, on the other side of the river so but I think you take you as soon as you get on the side of the river I don't think that's fandom that really Seattle can exploit. So that's one of the things that's always driven me nuts about these expansion talks is mm-hmm. is is impinging on another team's quote unquote territory. And don't get don't get it twisted though. The Seattle Mariners don't want a team here. Right. No, I absolutely like they don't. But what 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 kills me go go hit the northeast northeastern part of the country. Right. And mm-hmm. all of the teams that are that are the 12 teams in a four state area. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So but, you know, do you have anywhere over there where you have to drive three and a half hours to go to your nearest big league ball club? God, no. no, you don't. And so you drive it, three and a half hours. You're going across like 12 states. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it, I, I hate the how how we are regarded as Seattle Mariners territory. And it's like almost untouched. It's that's crap. well, we're Seattle Mariners TV territory it's right crap. now. So technically we are. Well, yeah, because, but I hear it's, you. because right. it's the only thing that's close. It's yep. the only that's right. Remotely close, but to to say like no, we you know we 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 have a hard time wanting to put a team in Portland because it's Mariners territory, three and a half hours away. You know, just well, the you Mariners. Got a, you got a couple spinners. teams in New York. You got Boston. You got Philly. You got Pittsburgh. You can't you can't swing a dead cat and go three hours anywhere in the Northeast without hitting four, five, six other baseball teams. Yeah, 
So I, I think there's, a, there's those opportunities are there um, for kind of figuring that out um, going forward. Look, I am of the mindset of I, I, I want to believe, but I will not believe until they secure the land. If they secure the land, whether it's red tail or whether it's on the waterfront or what, whatever it is, whatever version of this kind of comes out, then then I'll kind of go, okay, I, I, I get where we're going with this. But until then, it, it's, it does feel like a bit of a pipe dream. Do you think at that point they will reveal maybe who ownership is or, or who's behind this if they do get a deal for land? Cause I, I think so. I, f- I feel like at that point, you, you kind of are required the, to start putting what, once you want, Well, I mean, once you're putting $50 million projects, down, yeah. now you're doing that because MLB has kind of greenlit you. I got you. Like, you're not just going to spend that money and be like, uh, well, now what? We're hopeful. So, like, I mean, the whole, like, well, you know, they're getting, it's a land grab. And it's like, is Redtail really a land grab? Like, well, I, I I look at that, again, I selfishly, I have my own reasons. Like, I, I have property yeah. that would butt up against it. Right. Like, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, when I look at that, I'm like, if it is a land grab, like, what are they doing there? Like, because the city of Portland owns it and they still own, like, if they don't zone it, they yeah. don't change the zoning on it, like, how is it really a land grab? Well, and the other thing is, too, is that while the ownership situation might be a mystery to all of us when it comes like to Major League Baseball and the league, mm-hmm. it's they know. Yeah. I'm sure they know. They have to, you know, I mean, they're, they're not they having know. those talks without somebody with yeah. with uh, eight zeros behind their back. Right. Account, exactly. You know? Yeah. So, well, we'll see where it goes. It's at least interesting to hear that there are uh, things quietly moving forward. Speaking of quietly moving forward, uh, we got some dates. Some dates as it pertains to the Oregon Ducks, the spring game and the pro Hell day yeah. coming up actually very quickly. We'll get to that more coming up here on Danny and Dusty today, the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. The Oregon Ducks have announced their two big upcoming dates, March 12th and March 14th. March 12th will be the Oregon Ducks Pro Day. Bo Nix, Troy Franklin, Jackson Powers Johnsons, and others will be out there participating, throwing, running, catching, doing all the things that they're likely not doing at the Combine. Uh, Bo Nix, I believe, is doing some stuff, just not everything. I don't believe he's throwing. Not the important stuff. So, J.J. McCarthy is throwing. Wow. Caleb Williams showing up for interviews. Drake May showing up for interviews. Jaden Daniels showing up for interviews. Throw, you guys. Top quarterbacks, top quarterbacks not throwing. Yeah, that's wuss, that's wuss mentality. Eh. I get it. You, there's no could, reason to could, do, to do anything to hurt yourself. Yeah, but exactly. it's just so stupid. Because that's all it can do. That's it, it, all it can uh, do is hurt their stock. Particularly Caleb and Jaden, your Heisman Trophy winners. Just oh, maybe yeah. Jaden doesn't want to expose the fact that he's actually not as good as maybe people think he is. He's mm, got a shocking. longer wind up in person, or doesn't have some touch, or whatever. Likes it is. to run straight back. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's. And you can see. For whatever reason that you want, you can find me. I'm doing my my draft tape for for the NBA right now, and going through it last night, I found myself nitpicking Alex Sar to death. Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, I need to stop this. <laughs> this guy's might be a likely number one overall pick. I need to I need to back off. Um, but that's where you get when you get at the very top of the draft. They're there because they're great. So you're trying to find any reason to find separation. So you don't you just don't give that opportunity. Uh, March 14th is going to be the Ducks spring game. 
Uh, I believe there's discussions about who is going to air that because they're moving to the Big Ten. Yeah. So the, will they, won't they be on the Big Ten network? That would be so I mean, cool. I would think so. Question mark? Right? I shrug? I saw a license plate, and kudos to this person that has already taken this off of the registry for personalized Oregon mm. license plates. B... One G D U X Big Ducks. Mm. They they it was a blue Tesla. Shout out to you. I saw you yesterday. Oh no way, a Tesla with a with, with a, a personal vanity plate. Oh, yeah. you got three hundred dollars to get a Ducks vanity plate. Yeah. Of course you do. But I loved the combination. They already have the big Big Ten Ducks license. Before plate. anybody busts my balls, Did it catch on fire. My <laughs> my no. vanity plate came with my car. Okay, that's ridiculous. You you are the luckiest man alive that a blazing vanity plate came with your yeah, car. It was when I showed up to buy it. I was like. This can't be real. It's like God shined upon you. That, oh, look, Danny, don't pee on car. my shoes and tell me it's raining. You knew it had the plate when I, you showed up. To, no, I did come not. Come on now. No, I did not. I had no idea. <laughs> absolutely no. conspiracy theory. I had absolutely no idea. Uh, in the ad, the, the license plate was blanked out. All right. So I, That's I, fair. I showed, up, I showed up out there, and he opens up the garage, and he had like three cars. One of them, hilarious, it was a Tesla. Uh, of course. <laughs> also with a vanity plate. And he also, in his garage, had like 15 different vanity plates. So oh, he's nice. a he's vanity plate guy. Apparently. Um, but yeah, it when I, when I showed up, it had the vanity plates for blazing on it, and they're the Trailblazers plates. And I was like, ah, I feel like this is a little too on the nose. <laughs> but it was a deal during COVID that, that I got for like $7,000 blow stickers. So Ooh, on a used car, that's like impossible to find. This was, again, right at the very beginning of COVID oh, before, okay. we, before we realized that uh, the electronics prices were going to go through the roof. But yeah, those are your, you know, those are your upcoming Ducks dates, uh, important Ducks dates to know. I'm sure Dusty will be down there uh, working sidelines for the Oregon Ducks spring game where you're going to get your first look, I would imagine, at Dylan Gabriel. Question mark. Oh, we better. And I'm excited to see the young, uh, hopefully, freshman wide receivers like Gatlin Bear, like Pelham coming in. I, mm. I want to see what these guys will do implementing themselves with new quarterback Dylan Gabriel. And since it's the spring game, you'll get a chance to see what they do with Dante Moore as well. So I, I am I am fascinated at what the future of this offense is going to look like. I'm not, I'm not sure. Is, is Achilles Smith Jr. on campus yet? Not that I've heard, but I could be totally misinformed on that. I that, thought that Mo, Moga was already, yeah. but I don't know about Akili Smith. Jr. Okay, so just, again, there's a lot of interest and intrigue over the next uh, what's that? Two weeks away now. Today's uh, the 29th. Gosh, yeah. Today's, yeah, today's wow. you know what? We know we didn't we didn't know about today's show. We didn't mention today is a day that only happens once every uh, handful of years. And Akili Smith Jr. just named the nation's number one dual threat quarterback. There you go. So it's all coming up. It's all coming up good. Is it, it's all coming up green for the Ducks. Not green roses. There are green roses. Are they go. make those we'll now. So there you go. You uh, you get your opportunities to uh, see your ducks uh, before things obviously get packed up for the spring, and you start working your way towards uh, summer workouts and summer ball. And then, but God, we'll be into. We'll be into football season again already. And thank you to the text line for correcting me that Gatlin is on a mission for two years. Totally forgot that. So, no, we're not going to see him for three years, but there are other young receivers that we're going to be able to see and some transfers that I'm excited to implement. So, there you go. So, there's your uh, Ducks news for today. When we come back, we'll get into hour number two. Damian Lillard sat down with Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated to talk about life in Milwaukee. We'll dive into that and more. Come up here on Danny and Dusty, 1080 The Fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Danny and Dusty. All right. The rock smashes your scissors. Oh, no, not these scissors, pal. This is a uh, special titanium steel alloy. Oh, developed by NASA for the space program. These scissors <laughs> smash your rock to smithereens. No, 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 not this rock. This rock happens to be kryptonite. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. Hey, what's happening, Norm? Well, it's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. No! The Fan. Hour number two here on Danny and Dusty on a Thursday afternoon. Jordan Schultz in for Dusty here. Jeff Frost behind the glass. Wherever you're listening on 1080 The Fan, AM radio, or watching YouTube.com backslash 1080 AM The Fan or Twitch.com backslash 1080 AM The Fan. We appreciate you. Love you. You can be a part of the show, whether you're on Twitch, whether you're on YouTube, or on the Vancouver 4 text line 503-864-6326. Right, this article came out uh, from Chris Mannix and Sports Illustrated after a sit-down with the Milwaukee Bucks' Damian Lillard and his transition to Milwaukee after you know 10-plus years in Portland, Oregon, obviously being traded September 29th, going into this season right before training camp is set to get underway for the 2023-2024 NBA season, being paired with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and a new head coach, in uh, Adrian Griffin to start things off and just how different things were going to be. And it's interesting kind of taking a look at this. Anytime we see big star trades, whether it's the Heatles, whether it's Kevin Durant going to OKC, there's always this thought process of things working instantly. And I bring up the Kevin Durant one because it's different than the Heatles because the Heatles come together and it takes a couple of years. Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden, it was a disaster. But it never really came together. Kevin Durant joined an established core of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steve Kerr. The pecking order was known. It was established. And then everybody kind of deferred to prime KD. Going to Milwaukee with a first-time head coach and a new staff while trying to integrate with Giannis Antetokounmpo at the peak of his powers, is not proving difficult, but it is more difficult than I think both sides imagined it was going to be. I mean, you're moving to the middle of the country where it's cold, nothing really going on, your family's not there with you, you've now changed head coaches in the middle of the season. That That's about 
as much tumultuous like happenings in your life on top of the divorce that he's going through. I mean, personal stuff aside, just trying to move and deal with like living in one spot while your kids are in another, have something going on where, where you're literally traveling around. So you don't really feel like you're ever at home in Milwaukee to begin with. Probably. I mean, I read some quotes from that dude literally goes home to watch YouTube at night. Mm-hmm. He watches boxing clips on YouTube and then goes back to practice because he is so lonely. I, I feel terrible for Damian Lillard. And that's the thing is that, you know, without getting into the personal stuff of the part of this, is that he is away from his kids now. Yeah. And I, I know directly that it is bothering him. That it is sucks. it has been problematic for him. It has been something that has eaten him up. This is a guy that, you know, he's he's kind of fueled by his family and his kids and uh He's in a, a big house in Milwaukee. He brought everybody to Portland with him yeah. originally. I mean, uh, it's obvious his mom, he's a good his brother, guy. his cousins, yeah. like everybody's around. Um, you know, <laughs> talking to him over the years. It was always loud when we were on the phone because there's there was always people in the background. A lot of love, and that that's good. And he's yeah. missing that obviously. And that's the thing is he's in a big house. Um, he's took over the house of a former player with him and a cousin who's there occasionally, and that's about it. Yeah. That's a stark difference. Then and you th- in the winter, in the snow, you literally can't <laughs> leave your house in Milwaukee unless you've got like a snowplow, pretty much. Like you got to go Jeremy Renner status and not run over yourself to yeah. get somewhere. It's uh, it's an interesting proposition of of where he's at right now, and I always try to humanize even the multi million dollar athletes like Damian Lillard, who's worth probably more than half a billion dollars. Yeah. Because there's no amount of money that fixes that. No. There's no amount of money that fills that hole, that fills that empty space, that helps that loneliness. Like it's just the old adage of money doesn't, you know, it doesn't solve everything. It's 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 true. And while it does make your life easier, it brings its own burdens along with it. Money always, just because you don't have problems revolving around money, you still have other problems in your life. Two things can be true. You can be rich and still have issues going on in your life. So there's the family portion or the lack thereof with Ford Dame out in Milwaukee is is problematic for him. Uh, And I think that fed into, I didn't think, I very much believe that it fed into uh, his slower start and how he's kind of played this season. Uh, that's been a big adjustment, but also a first-time coach and a new staff that they didn't know what they were doing, and they didn't. They had to kind of feel things out and understand and work through things. And you know, I, I heard through the, the entire process that he was going to get Adrian Griffin was going to get fired. Yeah, he just wasn't going to last. Uh, I, I think I said around Thanksgiving, if this lasts beyond Christmas, I'll be shocked. Uh, he landed. He lasted a little bit longer, but eventually he was on the way out. Um, well, just imagine, too, you go to a new place with a guy in Terry Stotts, a familiar voice that you worked with basically your whole career that got you there. And then what? Not even two weeks in to training camp, he quits. So very abruptly, you know, that kind of good feeling that you thought you had in Milwaukee just goes away. So even to begin with, it's just a tumultuous start from Portland to Milwaukee. Trying to transition didn't obviously go so well for him. So you just look at not only the off-the-court stuff, but on the court and the problems within the Milwaukee Bucks locker room. I mean, they're still they're still having issues winning right now. And when you ain't winning, it's not fun. And then you go home to an empty house, you think about not winning even more, I would assume. Well, and that just goes to show you exactly how probably... I don't want to say toxic the locker room was or, or or the culture around there, but something was obviously seriously wrong because with Damian Lillard just coming in, you know that that had to be that had to weigh heavily on Terry Stotts before he decided to be like, you know what, I'm out, I can't do this. 
You know what I mean? I would think that that uh, yes, they still have probably a very made it a tougher decision yeah. for him uh, than it would have been if Damian Lillard were not. If Dame's not there, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and then I think that's that's part of it. It's it's clearly you know that was a uh, uh, not if not one seventeen red flags for Adrian Griffin to start that um, a beloved coach in relationship with Damian Lillard was foiled in the first two weeks. That's uh. It's not not great, Bob. Right. Well, and especially it. yeah, when it, especially when it's a first time head coach, and you've got yeah. a guy who's been in the game as long as Terry. A, a literal title winning head coach. Do yeah, not I mean. yell at that man. Let <laughs> let him let him finish the conversation about his best. T- like he knows offense. He helped the Mavericks win a championship. Maybe let him coach Giannis before he comes over to the huddle. Yeah. It's so. Or that, maybe let him coach the guy that he coached for you know a decade basically. Yeah, no to, yep. to help fit him into the system yep. there. Pipe down, Adrian Griffin. Let the guy you hired do his job. Like that, that, that would would have been probably, uh, to be honest, a career saver. Had, had he leaned on Terry Stotts more, that's uh, what as, I thought he was brought in to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was to lean on his knowledge. But also, first time head coaches, they have, uh, and rightfully so, a fear that a veteran coach behind them is the dude who's going to replace them well, as soon as they get fired. Some guys end up like Doc Rivers, and some guys end up like Earl Watson. It's just the way that it goes. Are you smart enough to? Not only know how the game is played, but to coach your guys correctly. You're you're coaching men here, and then all your other head coaches, or excuse me, assistant coaches. Some of them were already head coaches, and obviously, we know Griffin could not handle that dynamic for a week. Well, and the thing, and, and first time coaches, and you know, younger head coaches and whatnot, they know most of the time they need somebody with experience behind them to help them run things and keep things together and be a glue guy. And so, yeah, to me, it was always just, I found it weird that. That Stotts bounced so quickly. Something well, was seriously wrong. There. And that's the thing is that, you know, the Mannix asked Damian Lillard about that. He's, he, Terry Stotts' exit uh, in the preseason shocked everybody. He played nine years for him. How did that affect you? Uh, Dame goes on to say, I think when Terry left, that part of it, the familiarity of what we were doing, it kind of left with him. Now I'm like, okay, what's this play? I was kind of in the figuring it out stage. So when you really don't uh, know stuff like the back of your hand. It's hard to direct traffic and tell people, I want you right here or there. Point guards, especially veteran point guards, we play the game differently than a young, talented point guard. We are just manipulating everything. It's hard to do for a team and yourself when you're just trying to learn. And he's he's highlighting some very important things is that um, I talked about this, I want to say about last week or two weeks ago. It's a very subtle but very simple thing. Damian Lillard likes to come down the floor on the right-hand side. Giannis Antetokounmpo likes to come down the floor on the right-hand side. Figuring out who's going to trigger the offense and be on that side of the floor, that takes time. You know, I've I've talked to veteran players and and asked, you know, how long it takes for you to kind of feel this stuff out. And while some people are like, oh, "Oh, that should only take a couple days, a couple games, a couple weeks, a couple months, years. Years is the answer that I've received over and over and over again to get the intrinsic feel. And Mannix asked Damian Lillard about kind of what his anticipation was when he got traded there. He said, I thought we would be kind of like where the Celtics are right now. In that they had the established core, but the pecking order didn't need to be figured out. Like bringing in Christoph Porzingis, like he's not going to be above Tatum. No, everybody knows that because of Tatum's two-way play. Uh, two-way play. Some nights Kristaps will be above Jalen, some nights he won't, but it's, it's, it's an easier fit. Giannis, I think, is at the point of like wanting to show that he's got um, a bag still. The uh, I can I'm much more than modern era Shaq, and I think that 
that has kind of played in sense of hesitancy from from Giannis. And from what I understand, Dame has kind of stepped back and like let Giannis be Giannis. But there's been a full court press from from the press in interviewing both Dame and Giannis about how both are saying Dame needs to do more. Dame needs to take over. Dame time needs to be the fourth quarter. He is brought in to be the offensive guy. Yeah. Giannis is great as he is, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer already. He's MVP, finals MVP, title winner. It's going to go down as a top 15 player of all time. He's going to go down ahead of Damian Lillard. That's unquestioned. But the one quote-unquote weakness is where and how effective he can be in the half court throughout the regular season and in the playoffs. That's where Damian Lillard shines. So getting that integration and figuring that part of it out that is the thing that has caused, I don't want to say consternation, but they they aren't they haven't been seamless or as seamless as you would think they would be. And I don't think it's because of anything inherently bad, no. but you do have two first ballot Hall of Famers that it's not ego, but it's trying trying not to supplant somebody and trying to fit in a way that makes sense that you can't just force to work. Well, also, you get down to that offensive side of the ball for Milwaukee and Damian Lillard, new point guard for them. He's one of the best pick-and-roll point guards of all time, right? You could tell that as soon as he got to Milwaukee, trying to get that worked with Brooke Lopez and Giannis, doing a pick-and-roll after working with LaMarcus his first couple of years and then basically settling in with Nurkic. I mean, Dame really hasn't had to learn many other play styles or try to learn the pick-and-roll with any other players. This is the first time in his career, really, that he's doing so. And when Nurkic got traded from the Nuggets, it seemed within five games they were seamless. I don't know if it was just Nurkic like buying into what Dame does and you're kind of talking about, well, Giannis, you know, he's, he's a top 15 of all-time player, Hall of Famer, he's going to go above Dame. So no, he's not really just going to to fall into what Dame wants to do. And Brooke Lopez certainly isn't either because he's a much higher paid center in the NBA, been around a bit longer than Yusuf. So yeah, these guys implementing into Dame's play style, it just, even now with 24 games left in the season, I don't think they can run the pick and roll like Dame could in Portland. No, and that's the thing is there's an understanding and Dame highlights that as well. He discusses how, you know, if, uh, the early stages of Jokic and Nurkic with Jamal Murray, like trying to figure things out there and uh, how those things worked and uh, developing it where they are now, they don't even have to think. It's just all based on feel. Just there, yeah. Damon LaMarcus, over three years, they, they they basically ran the same play, and it, was, it, it, it wasn't, I keep saying play, they ran the same action, and it, it's not a play. They're not trying to get this exact thing. They're saying, we know what we can do, and we have a counter to your counter to your counter to your counter. It was one of the best two-man games at the time in yes. the NBA. Yes, and that's the thing. is like, But they knew, okay, if I set the screen here and they trap, I know I, I'll hit you here. Or if they're going to come at this angle, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to escape to the right this way, and I'm going to go ahead and throw a rat pass to you here. If they drop, I'm going to hit you here. If both play under, which, dumb, I'm going to pull for three. Like, they, they just, they they didn't, ha- there was no talking it through. It's a symbiotic relationship. Everybody's on the same page. And that's why I'm saying it takes years yeah. to have that fundamental understanding. And I I truly believe that this is the best pick-and-roll pairing in the NBA. It's the best one-two pairing. Is Jokic is the better player than than Giannis. Dame is the better player than Jamal Murray. So I think that the, the distance between the two, I, I lean towards the Giannis-Dame pairing. But where Jokic and Murray have the upper hand is in that experience, in that feel, in that intuition. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see 
just how far they can take that relationship as they get ready for the playoffs. And not only that, but you bring up the co- uh, connection between Murray and Jokic. The willingness by Jokic to just pass the ball first. He doesn't have to shoot. You're just talking about Giannis. Like, no, he needs the ball. So Jokic is much more willing to give it up to Murray. And that, I think, makes it much more of a relationship comparable to what Damon Yusuf or Damon L.A. had. It's going to be really interesting. Again, I don't want to go through the entire article because it's a lot. But uh, again, Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated sat down with Damian Lord, and they dive into a ton. It's a couple thousand words for you to dive into to kind of get an understanding of where Dame's at, where the Bucks are at, and Dame's, Dame's and Giannis' relationship on and off the floor. Uh, I, I will just say, as a side note, and anecdotally, um, Dame and Giannis have wanted to play with each other for years. Like Dame told me, God, five, six years ago, when I asked him, just, you know, Shooting it back and forth, like who's the guy that you want to play with? It was always Giannis, and he goes, eh, "You know, we talk, we talk." You know, like uh, yeah, yeah, the there, conversation's there, going. There, there was always like some like I, I'm trying to get him here. I've tried to get him here. I want him to come here. Like you know, so that it's I I don't think it's a personal thing. I think stylistically, it's just trying to find those right levers, and you you're gonna run into walls. Um, I, I I'm still going to put my money on that. But uh, coming up next. Caitlin Clark is breaking records over and over and over again. We'll uh, keep an eye on her going forward as she sets for number one all time here on Danny and Dusty, Danny and the Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Fan. Iowa's Caitlin Clark is uh, at it again. She's breaking more records. She has now broken the women's major college record for scoring. After passing Kelsey Plume as the number one NCAA scoring record, uh, she knocks off major college scoring record uh, along her way and her path to becoming men's and women's college basketball's all-time leading scorer with only Pete Maravich remaining. She is absolutely freaking incredible. I don't care where you stand on men's basketball versus women's basketball, blah, 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 blah. Did we mention it on air? The whole sticker on the floor thing? Is that what Did we talk about that on there yesterday, Rust? The Caitlin Clark shooting location? Oh, no, no we didn't. I think no. it was off air, right? Yeah, it was off air. So there, Iowa social media threw a sticker on the floor from where she pulled up and just absolutely banged that three from uh, to set or to break Kelsey's scoring record. Um, which was a Lillard-esque three, and she scored eight straight points uh, to open the game to break that record. Now, was that against Nebraska, I remember, I think is what it was? Um, But regardless, her teammates lined up to shoot from there, and the number of bricks they put up was hilarious. They It was horrendous across the board. Then Caitlin Clark walked up and casually hit it again. Yeah, logo Clark, let's go. She is an all-time score shooter. She doesn't play defense. Do, do 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 not get it confused. Once again, logo Clark. She's just <laughs> like Dame as far as the non-defense goes. Now, did I read the other day too? She uh, uh, thinks that the the sticker was misplaced. It's not in the right spot. Ah. Uh, I, look, but it, too too close. I would, I would imagine she's people like that know that stuff yeah. intricately. Like Dame's brain is a computer. I I would talk to him after games about particular plays late at night talking about film whatever it was and he i would say one thing he's like no 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 it was this 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 and this and he would remember inch by inch foot by foot kind of exactly like yeah, i don't remember what i ate last night the, the <laughs> people like that in sports have savant like brains and i it would not 
It would not surprise me in the least bit if Caitlin Clark was the latest in that line of of people. Uh, but she is online and on pace to break Pete Vermitt's record. And the get-in price, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think the cheapest get-in-the-door ticket for that game is? Uh, I'm going to go 300. I'm, I'm going to throw solid three bills out there. I was going to guess probably yeah, like 3-4. Almost double it. No. 538. Wow. We're talking like playoff tickets. The old Nate Silver, huh? Yep, there you go. <laughs> that was about that was almost how much it was to get into a Seattle Mariners playoff game for yeah. 17 innings last season. Record-breaking stuff, man. Whoa. And, and, and she's got social media juice behind her. Yeah. So it's uh, a Vancouver Ford text line. Could she have beaten Steph Curry in the three-point contest? Yes. Possibly, like, yeah. The same way Sabrina could. Sabrina, Curry. like, almost like, could, yeah. Yeah, so, and again... Caitlin Clark is that kind of shooter. Like it's just Can I can I be a little bit of a jerk though regarding yeah. that? What if Steph used this the WNBA ball, which mm-hmm. I believe is half an inch diameter smaller, wouldn't it be easier for him? Yes. So but is this really an equal competition? Well, I'm not trying to go like, oh, women are worse. What I'm trying to say is it's is different. this an actually it's, equal competition? It's, a, it's different. Now part of what what Kenny Smith got roasted about was Which since, I don't think he was trying to be Right. Well, so here's yeah. the thing. So I I didn't watch it, but she did she use the the men's ball and also no. shot from the men's line. She, women's, women's ball men's line. Women's, women's ball, ball men's, men's line. line. Okay. He had men's ball men's line. Now, I I I understand that maybe he kind of stumbled over what he was trying to say a bit and maybe didn't put it out in the way that he meant to. Uh but in my mind and I'm going to go ahead and assume what I think Kenny Smith was trying to say was that in him trying to say that she should have used the women's three point line. It's a, it, you, you have that distance in your head. That's part of your muscle memory. Yeah. Right. You know, that shot, unless you're a freak like Steph or Dame or right, like where you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just like, it's a, it, it's, you know, right. it's math. So <laughs> I, so in, 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 and well, and look, she was in a no-win situation anyway, really. Because even if she, if she had shot from the women's line, they'd be like, "Oh, well, it's because you know she was." It, using, she shot from the women's. She line. was using the yeah. women's ball, closer, and she was shooting ball, from closer. Yeah. But for me, it's 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 a lot of uh, it. It's not people, like for like they put up so many shots, thousands and yes. thousands of shots over their lifetime, hundreds the of perfect, a day. The perfect thing to call out was remember the uh, the in season tournament court, mm-hmm. the Mavericks court. They did not use it. Because the three-point line was off by about a half inch. Right, yeah. And it was because one of the players was shooting was like, what the hell? This like this feels, this, this feels wrong. And, and they that, they got the tape out, and they're like, and can't use the floor because it's off. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly my point yes. with Sabrina. It's because it's just, it's just, you're so, you've t- she's taken so many shots mm-hmm. from that exact distance, and mm-hmm. you push it out a touch more, and it changes things. It's it not cha- a touch. I mean, it's it's like a foot and a half more. Yeah, exactly. That, so That's not, that's not insubstantial. So, like, while Kenny Smith may have been clumsy about what he said, I think the, the point of it was he wasn't trying to the point of it was not to try to denigrate her. no i don't think i don't think he was at all so that's well, yeah and then even further on this nice text uh, coming into the vancouver Ford text line ball size matters haha <laughs> that's what she said you get accustomed to it give steph a woman's ball and i bet it'll take him a little bit of time to get used to it i i remember back in like i don't think so no high school like yeah. middle school high school you could feel the difference i have tiny hands yeah. y'all look at the youtube stream tiny hands i could feel the difference between a men's basketball and a women's basketball the and it was burgers all i'm seeing right now old, 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 tiny old, old tiny hands trump over there <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at look at them they're so big um <laughs> just don't do it 
his, his double dance. But you could tell the difference, but even holding with my tiny hands the damn basketball uh, for women's versus men. And it was slightly easier to put it in the hoop. In fact, there was one game, I believe my entire team knew we had a women's ball. We didn't say anything because it was easier to shoot with. But I'm not trying to say, oh, women versus men, they're better, or this one's better. I'm trying to say there's still a couple of questions for me regarding that three-point competition. Uh, That's and, all. And breaking news, Caitlin Clark is now entering the WMEA draft. Oh, I'm shocked. She will be the number one overall pick. The Indiana Fever hold the number one overall pick. So Iowa, from Iowa to Indiana, a little Midwest legend right there. There we go. So Caitlin Clark has an opportunity uh, this weekend to break uh, Pete Maravich's record. The interesting thing, and it's brought up on the text line, is remember, uh, Pete Maravich did this without a three-point line. That's a very good point. That's a lot of twos. And a lot of twos and no shot clock, I believe, either. And also did it in less games because freshman eligibility was not a thing when he was in college. Well, I, I saw that, yeah, he did it in uh, considerably fewer games. 83 games. But... Yeah. Uh, also, what was the thing I saw? She's done it on 20 attempts a game, whereas he did it on 38 attempts per game. Well, a man was not leaving yeah. shots on, on foul. He, he, yeah, there's a reason why. Got him up. There's a reason why they called him Pistol Pete. He was gunning. Yeah, he Absolutely. averaged 44.2 points per game, though. So still, uh, 38 still, shots, 44 points. Still a, a little point per possession. That's, that's, that's pretty good. All right, coming up next, it's our worst day on the web. And I'm actually still deciding between two because they're both terrible. But I think I'm going to lean towards the one Jeff Russ put in here because it's absolutely insane and unhinged. But first, here's the big Kahuna Sports Center update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. The fan. It's one thirty, so it's time for our worst day on the web. And uh, I have one that I've got queued up for tomorrow. But Jeff Russ found this one. Uh, I don't know how many people are are aware or remember Chief Saholic, the Chief Superfan that went on a uh, supposed bank robbing spree. What? I missed this. Yeah, apparently he was fairly prolific. Like, it wasn't just, like, a robbery or a couple. He, he, there was, I think, even a string undersells it. So, he, uh, he was in courts. This is the guy that used to, if you're wondering, remember the old cartoon wolf that had his eyes, like, bulge out of his head? Auga! Like, that kind of a cartoon wolf mask? That was how he used to show up to Kansas City Chiefs games. My God. Well, in late 2022, he went missing only for fans to realize he had been arrested for armed bank robbery. Oh really? Like like actual armed bank robbery? Yeah, okay. like an actual. This isn't a joke. Bank robbery. His real name is Xavier Bobadar. <laughs> I always thought Xavier was a sexy name. So I mean, it it, it is, but also Bobadar Xavier Bobadar sounds like um, a soap opera star. Yeah, uh, yeah. From Days yeah, of Our Lives, right? Xavier yeah. Bobadar. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, not the, he's the villain. He's the guy right alongside Stefano. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, that guy uh, on Wednesday, yesterday, pled guilty to a string of armed robberies that resulted in more than $800,000 being stolen to fuel gambling debts. <laughs> My God. So remember, we played the uh, Shane Gillis skit earlier yeah. this week. Yeah, here's your sign. Yeah, the <laughs> the very large... Uh, the. Uh, 
The Saturday Night Live skit based on uh, betting on your friends. Yeah, Rock Bottom Kings. Rock Bottom Kings, where you can bet on your friends which one is most likely to uh, do something incredibly degenerative to go out and pay gambling debts. This Parlay one, how they will ruin their life. Yeah, and this one, I feel like this has got to be at least like plus, plus 20, 2,500. $800,000. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Also, at the same time, you, you would think, I, I guess, we are a cashless society now, so even though banks are required to at least have $10,000 on hand, to hit, you must have hit a lot of banks that didn't have a whole lot of cash on hand. Well, now, Eight, 800000 just doesn't sound like that much. Yeah, so this is literally like old school, I went into a bank with a gun and robbed the vault. Uh, that's crazy to me. I, I don't hear of this as often anymore. No, and as crazy as this is, his lawyer had absolutely unhinged comments in the uh, opening opening arguments, or, or I should say, op- the opening comments of the closing arguments. Yeah, this, well, this was, I think this was a statement outside, like, the courthouse. Oh, yes, this is going to be good. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled, and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chief's Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. There's not a chance in hell that if I played that and said this was from Saturday Night Live that you would not believe that. <laughs> yeah, that's so, fair. That is absolutely unhinged. And I, I hear the the knee not touching, and I'm like, Dutch yeah. fans are gonna get triggered by that. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Dyer was down. <laughs> uh, what, what what I love, and it 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 rings true of a of a different meme of which, well, anyway, I'll allude to it, and you all can put it together. I love how in there he says, and he never gives up. He just pled guilty in court. He literally just gave up. I cannot stand the defense attorneys. It's like after he's like, you know what? This guy's contrite. He has owned up to his mistake. You mean doing what you're supposed to do in life? <laughs> yeah, what you're giving him is like a freaking medal. Stop. It's like the never surrender thing with, you know, except they're using his mugshot. God. Guess what? That picture is from him surrendering. Never gave up <laughs> until he pled guilty. Yeah, he and, fought till and, the end. And literally gave up. Oh, no, wait. He's still fighting. No, he's not. He's in jail. My lord. I don't even know what to do with this. I'll be honest. Like also, how many different ways can he say Xavier? Xavier. 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 Xavier and Xavier. That's the one that always drives me nuts is the Xavier. It's not X it's not Xavier. Xavier. I always screwed up. Oh that no, way. it's Xavier. We're talking about Professor. <laughs> that is Professor yeah, yeah. Xavier. Xavier. That's that's I think that's why I screwed up. That's I mean, that's what I go with, to be honest. Is that I I, I use the Marvel well, but pronunciation. Isn't the, is <laughs> isn't the university just Xavier? It's not it's Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. yeah. So if I Xavier. if I'm saying the university and then I want to say it like Dr. Xavier, I'm screwing it up. Shut like up. nobody calls it a xylophone. <laughs> 
be a lot more fun if they did. I feel like we'd use the letter X a lot more. Nobody uh, refers to the xylophone anyway. Right. So. Well, you know, that was just an example. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. So he's supposed to be sentenced July 10th. He faces up to 50 years in federal prison without parole. I feel like that's not enough. He's older, isn't he? Yeah, I know, but still, like multiple bank uh, robberies. No, he's twenty nine. Oh, he's old. so he could still get out. Multiple bank 80. robberies, uh, uh, violent string of robberies of banks and credit unions in seven states. Oh yeah, see, and then multiple laundering the yeah, stolen money through casinos. State lines. Oh, that's like casinos. Stuff. Yes, basically, it said that he was so he uh, he fraud. was using he was using the money that he stole and then using that to gamble, gamble to try to launder it. Holy. To pay back debts. I mean, this sounds like he, mob-esque. He's going to federal prison. Mm-hmm. He's not going... He, he's... <laughs> and they said... I don't know why this tickles me so much. Uh, <laughs> Babadar, known for attending NFL games, quote, dressed as a wolf in chief's clothing. The media Somebody, who, whoever wrote that was just so proud of and themselves. It's in, it's, in oh, this yeah. article, it's in quotes, so I don't know if that came from like a you know like a court document or what. I was but, saying, whoever wrote that, though, probably his lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Give, give I'm betting a nice on the big... lawyer. Like, this lawyer was like, was an English major, was like, who just, just did not have the creativity to write. Yeah. And was just like, you know what? I, I need to change the law. <laughs> I'm very loquacious. Yeah. Listen to me talk. It's, yeah, that's actually a pretty good impersonation of him. <laughs> I try. Uh... But yeah, this is this is unhinged. I, I mean, it's always kind of weird when you see like these because we had free throw guy here in Portland for a while. Imagine if free I went and to I, school with him. I, I I talked to him several times. He was a nice enough dude. Um, kind of weird looking on TV when you see it. But some people loved him. Some people hated him. Just the the point is, imagine if that guy got arrested for robbing banks. You know, imagine it wouldn't if, surprise me. Uh, I think it would at least catch some people off guard, though. Shut up, Rob. This, this part of the story also tickles me. So he must pay at least $532,675 to the victim financial institutions and forfeit, quote, any property involved in his money laundering activity, including an autographed painting of Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes II that has been recovered by the FBI. Well, that'll sell for three or four grand. That's about it. Was it painted by... Jackson Mahomes, an autographed oh. painting of Mahomes. How do you get a painting autographed like that? Like you I just bring it to him, I guess. They're, they do private signings. I mean, Justin Herbert. There was a time where you could just send him anything to get autographed. He still does this, I believe, every off season. You you pay three hundred, five hundred dollars, and you can send him stuff to get. Signed. I bet it wasn't even that because I mean, this guy was well known as like the number one Chiefs fan. So I'm sure oh, he yeah. he had a bit more. He was at access a banquet, than, yeah. than you know than somebody sitting up in section seven hundred two. You know what I mean? But I'm still the, the the lawyer using the football terminology. It's knee down. The government has been blitzing Xavier, and his <laughs> pocket was collapsing. Like, how long do you think he searched for that? Like, I need to find something. Yes, I need. Yes, I need something that works as. I need football puns. Synonym for this: I pocket collapsing. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. That's... He wanted to go viral with this crappy like. Whatever he's doing. I mean, doing. he should have gone yeah. out there full NASCAR with like ads for his <laughs> law firm on his suit. Like, yeah. if you I mean, if you're going to go full cheese, go all the yeah. way in. Well, yeah, just a hat. Yeah. Start out with the outtakes. If you don't chew big red, then F you. <laughs> right? <laughs> like Michael Scott, like, you know, when time's not a factor, I prepare like five intros. I'll, I'll try each one of them. When you're working on your mysterious lady parts. Like, I just. <laughs> Good God. 
I don't know, man. This is all very, 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 very weird. <laughs> uh, speaking of very weird, uh, I saw this pop up as right. We, get, we, we were getting ready for the show. Uh, speaking of, of soap operas and days of our lives, Jerry Jones is wrapped up in a paternity suit. What the? But he's old. Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Vancouver Ford text line chiming in on the last segment that uh, I bet that lawyer used chat GPT to come up with that. I hope he did. You know what? During the next break, I might try to put in, uh, I need I need football-related puns for a Chiefs super fan convicted of robbing a bank. I love ChatGPT. I've used ChatGPT for like my sports updates just to find stories. If you have it connected to the internet searching, I, I do pay for the, what is it, 20 bucks a month uh, to have it actually connect to the internet and use that info. So it's not bad. It can come up with some pretty unique things, but... Usually, you better you better do some work and confirm all that information before you go with it. And uh, this guy sounded like uh, it was directly from a chat GPT script. I mean, absolutely, absolutely unhinged level stuff, which kind of falls in line with the um, story that popped up on the front page of ESPN today, which was Cowboys owner Jerry Jones must take paternity test. And I was like, for Stephen Jones, not his kid. And like, apparently, there's been a long going. Uh, battle between Jones and a 27-year-old woman who claims that Jerry Jones is her biological father. A Texas judge on Wednesday rejected an appeal from Jones on a 2022 ruling in a paternity case brought by one Alexandra Davis, who has previously alleged in a separate lawsuit that she was conceived from a relationship Jones had with her mother in the mid-1990s, which problematic for Jones because why he's married of course that's you know uh, oil magnet he's not oil magnet a football sports magnet um and guy who took money from the Teamsters to buy the Cowboys, I'm sure has always been on the up and up. Oh, I'm sure every time he goes to a hotel room on his own, I'm sure he's never had anybody but his wife in there with him or never ever had a tryst anywhere, ever but his wife. So, Since 1963. This is the... Uh, this is the the totality of this. In March of 22, Davis sued Jones in Dallas County, asking a judge to void a legal agreement she said her mother, Cynthia Davis, reached with Jones two years after she was born. The 1998 settlement allegedly said Jones would support them financially as long as they didn't publicly say he was Alexandra's father, something the married owner of the Cowboys has denied. Davis has since dropped that case, saying she would instead seek to prove that Jones is her father and then file a paternity case. So... Davis's original lawsuit claimed that Jones pursued Cynthia Davis, who was also married at the time, and they met while he was working for American Airlines out of Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> Little Rock. Huh? So, uh, some Little Rock action. So Bill Clinton, Jerry Jones, both liking some strange in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'll tell you what, them ladies, oh man, oh, little, little Rock, Arkansas ladies, they get you going. The interesting thing about this is I that I did not have sexual relations with that woman. But it's Jarrah. Depends on what your definition no, of is is. 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 Still might be the best line ever in human history. <sighs> the def what depends on what your definition of is is. It's like, did she get in your pants or not, yeah. Bill? I mean, that's just yes or no. Well, I don't quite know. Depends on what your definition of pants is. <laughs> Outside the pants, inside the pants. Look, it was only second base. It wasn't a home run. Ah, I 
if you read a couple of other books, there, there's, a, there's some other allegations. <laughs> a couple, and this is direct from like Secret Service agents from Bill Clinton. Like, ah, they stooped. That's just, allegedly. 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 The interesting thing here is that attorneys for Jones say Alexandra Davis has received millions of dollars from Jones in her lifetime, according to court documents. I, I feel like this needs to go full Maury Povich. You are the father. Like that's that's what brings Maury back, right? Although is he? Well, is he, is he alive? Well, oh, no, he's, he's alive. alive but okay, I, him I and Connie he's super old now. He's getting old. Yeah, and he is. Let's, 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 he's in his eighties. Let's, let's do a quick check. Maury Povich alive. Sure Eighty five. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's but I up think, there. Yeah. Wow. That's that's older than I thought even. Well, he stopped. He didn't stop Maury until he like, was like in his early eighties. It was recent. It's only been a few years. Yeah. Povich is married to Connie Chung. You didn't oh yeah, know that? forever. Yeah, forever. Well, because they were both Maury Povich was a news anchor. Yeah, I knew that. I just yeah, that's how they met. Back into wow. God, what was the show? Was it? Uh, was it? I know there was. God, it was a, a current affair or something. Yes, like that. Some, yeah, it was like he was more one of those syndicated shows, an investigative reporter, yeah, yeah. like Inside Edition. No, it was actually you go back and watch it. It was really good, and then yeah. he sold his soul, and it was like you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to read paternity tests and lie detector. Well, that's like how Jerry you know Springer actually, started out as a serious talk show. Yeah. And then yes, he did with Jerry Springer. Which well, you go get that money. Jerry but was a mayor too. Povich has actually done it recently. Yeah, as of December 19, twenty twenty three. Maury Povich was consulted for a paternity test. Oh, yeah. For the Denver Zoo. Uh, Denver Zoo wasn't sure get, which... Getting that cameo money, basically, which, huh? Which, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which orangutan was the father of the child, so they asked Maury Povich to deliver the results. Did, did the uh, not-father run backstage? <laughs> did, did, did the mother run with her arms wailing around, screaming, not willing to take any responsibility for her admitted lies? I, that was the thing I hated about Maury Povich is every time you are not the father, they'd be like, oh, okay, this woman who's freaking out, running backstage, trying to get away from any responsibility or actually being called out for her lies and BS. Oh, no, 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 no. We got to protect her. We got to be like. The sanctity of the man that would be like, I knew it. I knew it. I want, I kind of want Jerry Jones to win now. I kind of want Jerry Jones to win now because the Jerry Jones victory lap on this might be pretty good. The man gets hot and bothered and hops on radio talk shows when his quarterback comes up short. What do you think he's going to be like if all of a sudden this woman has been after him for a decade, chasing him, saying that he's her, he is her father? What do you think he's going to do then? We ain't found s***. <laughs> I just wonder how many other uh, flight attendants or airline employees there are out there that... NFL owners have stooped that we're just not hearing about. There's a lot. We don't hear about it. I, I I find this seedy side of not just sports but human behavior fascinating. I want to hear more. I love when people are caught. So so this is a good day. This, this is fun. Because NDAs have gotten better. <sighs> well, yeah. Like, I mean, the rumors of, like, you know, the, the NDAs that well, anybody with LeBron James has... But th- these reports have allegedly. been out there. Allegedly. But many different news sources have put this report out. It's like, oh, well, we know, but we don't actually know. Well, and if I remember correctly in the story, it was this young lady's mother who signed an NDA. She didn't yes. sign it, so oh. she's not beholden to it. She's anything. not beholden to it, which, if it's true, go get your money, girl. Right? Get that bag, man. <laughs> CTC, cash that check. Amer- America in a nutshell. Right? I'm not beholden to the lawsuit. <laughs> we are a country of lawsuits. Am I, I being mean. detained? Going full on Wu-Tang, cash rules everything <laughs> around me. <laughs> Well, there's some people earning themselves some money as I just watched a defensive lineman run a four six nine. 
Dang. Well, that's the new high, nice. I think. That is, that is the new high on the day for the Underwear Olympics, which this is a good point to transition to. The NFL Combine is underway. There is a million news notes and stories, including um, sometimes saying less is really the, the way you should go about things. We'll get to that more coming up here on Danny Dusty, Danny the Fan. Danny and Dusty. My Uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill. As soon as he walk in the house, he's like, get away from that grill. You don't know how to start no fire. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chatter, throw the mat. That's a fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm not cooking a brontosaurus burger. The Fan. Hour number three on Danny and Dusty on a wonderful Thursday afternoon. My wife's listening. I'm sorry. Please don't kill me when we get home. Just throw that out there. Please don't kill me. I made a mistake. She she came by to grab something from me, and well, I uh, her text messages didn't come through on the phone, and then I got a call, and I was like, oh, I'll run it out there. She must have just gotten here. N- no, she had been sitting in the parking lot for about. 20 minutes you insensitive jerk yeah <laughs> and now i'm dead in your defense i have had the same issue my wife has texted me it does not pop up in my notifications so it's like well, what the hell i have two three texts from you and i haven't seen them it's not my fault babe i love you. Uh, yeah i just i just took the l and said i'm sorry I uh, said, go ahead and smart. buy yourself something nice Good job. It's literally what I texted. Go buy yourself something nice. <laughs> Just peel off a couple 20s. You Love you, babe. Yeah. Leave us on the nightstand for Please. you. Well, the problem is with my wife, something nice might might actually hurt. <laughs> that My wife's got some... Uh, yeah, she's walking into like current current uh, me withstanding. She has nice. She likes nice things. She's walking into Target or like Sir La Tabla. There's uh, a difference. Yeah, no, she likes the Sir. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a problem. So. No, it's not. Nice she, things are great. She settled with me and then with nothing else. That's that's how this goes. Uh, settling, uh, something the Raiders are very familiar with doing at the, at the NFL Combine. Hopefully not the case this year, but the NFL Combine is going on. The Underwear Olympics, the uh, defensive linemen, the interior linemen have gone. The inter- or the pass rush is going down, including the freak himself, Chop Robinson, quite literally running his 40-yard dash right now at 449. Damn, that's a new high for the, or a new low, excuse me, for the day for DLs. Goodness sakes. <laughs> Sean Payton. There are on. running backs and wide receivers that are going, uh-oh. That is that is terrifying. I mean, a wide receiver can only run at like, what, 3.8, 3.7, maybe? No, no, no. I mean, the fastest times we've ever seen in the 40s is the unofficial Bo Jackson 4.18. Okay, so yeah, you can't even get under four. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, it's done. this is... This no, is th- this is like four four nine for a two hundred and seventy pound edge rusher is disgusting. I mean, hey, Usain Bolt's still laying around somewhere. They were talking like a decade ago to throw some cleats on him and put him at wide receiver because he's faster than everybody. I don't know if that still applies. Well, I mean, that would make sense for the Raiders. That's what they do. That's what they do. I mean, it's that's what, fair. That's why Darius Hayward Bay was a wide receiver or wide receiver for the Raiders because he ran in a straight line very fast. His hands were worse than mine, but you know. Run fast. That's how it goes. I say all this to say because the Underwear Olympics can make or break for some guys. Chop Robinson is a guy who was highlighted as one of the freaks of the NFL Combine. The uh, A guy to watch, as it were, coming into the NFL Combine. He is expected. Uh, Mel Kuyper has him as his number one guy to dominate the Combine. The... Uh, 
He's tested at two. Uh, excuse me, tested at over two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, he's number twenty five on his big board. Expect to be a first round pick, but the combine numbers he expects him Chop Robinson to essentially lead or be at the top in essentially every category. I mean, not only Chop, but we've seen so many great times from these edge rushers. Like, like the the edge talent in the NFL now. I feel like. I don't know, maybe a couple of years before Kayvon Thibodeau came in, you started to see this transition to more of the Aaron Donald type of kids, and now we're seeing everybody coming out of the combine looking like an Aaron Donald, at least in the last six runners, running under four eight four nine. Yeah, these guys all all look like DK Metcalf. They're it's all six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, and run, run sub five four four six forties. It's I the the NFL and the the world that they are in now is just terrifying. The, the athletes and the and the I'm one. There's another four eight one for another edge rusher. I mean, it's just freaky. Well, it makes you wonder, like, oh, like this dual quarterback thing. It can work. We'll totally see success from CJ uh, or, or or Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. It's like eh, not guaranteed. Look at these guys. They're a hell of a lot faster. You can't run eighty yards around everybody like you can in college. It's just not happening. Shout out the Vancouver Four text line for throwing out the other Raiders who ran very fast, like Willie Galt, Rocketish Mel, uh, Tim Brown. Uh, wasn't the fastest wide receiver on the face of the planet, but he is the best in Raiders history and one of the best of all time, who's clinic clinically underrated. I will die on that hill. Uh, you had but, Jerry for a few years. Yeah, you, you had Tim and Jerry on the same team, in fact. Yes, you did. Uh, but there is more to the Combine than the Underwear Olympics. You get the interviews, and you get the media sessions, and sometimes you get some of the more, I don't know, this is the kind of clip where I think a player might have cost himself some money. Tyler Owens is a guy who is suspected of possibly running the fastest 40 at the combine at 429, 428. He's a safety from Texas Tech. A lot of Texas Tech lately. Um, keeping in line with what Dusty highlighted yesterday about his experiences in Lubbock and the uh, fans at Lubbock throwing stuff on the field or so on the court uh, two nights ago and just a general craziness. This kind of seems in tune. This is Tyler Owens. At the NFL Combine. You guys are discussing that you don't believe in. Nah, I don't believe in space. I don't believe in space. I don't believe in religion. So I think, like, we're just going to right now. I don't believe in, like, other planets and stuff like that. You know, what, 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 what led you to that point to believe that? Well, like, I really, I thought you should believe in, like, the Helios and Jupiter, like, bringing some wild runs and stuff. But then, like, I started seeing, like, flat earth stuff. I'm like, the audio is a little fuzzy there. It sounded a little bit better when I was listening to it earlier. Uh, long story short, he doesn't believe in space. Doesn't believe in space. You you hear him say something about flat Earth, but the bigger part of that is he doesn't believe in space. So basically, he thinks Earth is like one of the tortillas that gets launched in the stadium yes. every Saturday. Yes. So uh, Space Force is useless to this guy. I mean, they kind of are, but really useless to this guy. Yes. Uh, if you're an NFL executive, you're either thinking, this guy's so dumb, we can probably get him for less. You can probably let him, he'll probably slide down the draft board. You're probably right. Or you're like, please, God, no. We, we don't want this on our team. I always wonder just how much the interview stuff plays into this because sometimes players are just so good, Antonio Brown, that you just let it go. 
no matter how crazy, stupid, inept, or whatever it is. Yeah, sometimes the uh, the level of talent and the amount of craziness are directly proportional. There's, there's, there's a ratio. allowed are, yeah. are directly proportional. I'm not here to play school. Yeah. Shout out Cardell Jones. Yeah, thanks, Cardell. Right. I mean, he's not wrong. He wasn't wrong. Just going to go ahead and put that out there. He wasn't there to play school. But it is interesting the way what can be made or made or broken at combines. Somebody running a sub uh, subpar forty uh, at the NBA combine. What, what hilariously, I remember uh, the knock on Kevin Durant because he couldn't bench press one hundred eighty five pounds. Kevin Durant is number nine all time in scoring. Well, you talk about the interviews. Like, didn't Johnny Menzel fall because of the interview process or, or, or lack of showing up for it? Like, like the latter. Yeah, be, yeah. being present, I, I think, says something. And then there might be some questions. I remember, thankfully, we've moved past this, but like a decade, a decade and a half ago, there were questions about like guys using weed. And it's like, really, we're having public conversations about a possible draft pick like going lower because he smokes. Stop it. Well, I mean, we saw the- we saw an offensive tackle get a have a picture of him with a mask. Well, that was that was that was a hack, and that was put out not not because was, of him. It was, no, somebody... it, was it was meant to sabotage him. Yeah, exactly. But it's hilarious that that forced him to drop. Was it Lyle Collins? <sighs> yeah, I think that that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Lyle Collins. Uh, it's it's just yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Yes, I, I know text line saying it's it's hard to translate that. I can't hear it. Yeah, no, that's 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 why I got you guys. It came across a little fuzzier on on the over the air as opposed to the audio in general. But then he goes on to describe his feelings on flat earth and he believes that again this is Tyler Owens, Texas Tech safety, run very fast, thankfully. Uh otherwise he might be running something that significantly less important in life if he couldn't run fast because flat earth theory has some valid points was where he went with this. And look, I, I, I am very open-minded. I will just, as long as what you say doesn't like affect me, not even offend me, affect me. If your brand of stupid doesn't bother me, be stupid in any way, be dumb. But I feel like there's a threshold for violent ignorance. And stuff like, I don't believe in space and flat earth theory, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. You, you guys be the judge. If I'm NFL GM, and I come across somebody that is so violently dumb, and then let's, let's say, this might be tongue-in-cheek from him, having a little bit of fun. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Please be tongue-in-cheek. If not, I pass on this guy. He could be the best safety, most athletic dude in the league. Because at some point in time, I'm like, that level of dumb is going to come back to bite me. They're going to get like into some fight in the locker room. Some, no, some conversation is going to happen with some teammates. There's going to be some sort of disagreement. like, And maybe not like a physical fight, but like you're going to see some relationships busted because they're going to be guys walking around like, don't talk to that dude. He nuts. I don't even think it's that. I, I, I... When, you're, when you're this... Receptive to stupidity, I think you start going down the Kyrie Irving path, and I'm not saying the anti-Semitic path. I just mean the path of being open to dumb. Like when the video, when he, you know, put posted the link to the video that was uh, the video slash book that was anti-Semitic, and then all of a sudden you've got the uh, group that showed up in support of him that was also violently anti-Semitic. I'm like, is this worth it? There's 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 a fine line between dumb and benign and dumb and dangerous. 
Right, exactly. You know? And thank you, the Vancouver Vortex line. It was Laramie Tunsil, not Lyle Collins. I was wondering that. I always get those two oh, mixed yeah. up, Laramie and Tunsil. I don't know why. Um, well, don't, Collins had a different Something, issue. Wasn't, no, wasn't his like tied to murder? Oh, God. I don't know that it was that, but... It, I, I, I'm, mixing a, yeah. my, I'm mixing my college football scandals leading up to the draft. But yeah, clearly. so it was Laramie Tunsil that basically it was like a, a snorkel or something, essentially, right? A ski, or the, it's swim mask, mask, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He, he had the full-on gas mask. Yeah, like, that's gas mask. Thank yeah. you. Which, well, he was not experimented with bongs cast the uh, first fish, Yeah, the Lyle Collins was questions about the shooting death of a pregnant woman who he had had a previous relationship with. He was not yeah. considered a suspect at the time, yeah, but, but went still. undrafted after his agents threatened that he would sit out uh, the 2016 season. Yeah. So. I, knew, I knew there was a... There was a yeah, yeah, that was that country. So, yeah, but like it's been it's been terrible through that point. But again, like 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 you said, Jeff, that I look at that and I go, no way. No. No. No, absolutely not. I am not going to give you millions of dollars. You have not met the minimum qualifications for not being dumb enough. <laughs> I wish more people had that mindset. Because then, no, if he plays, they, they don't care. Like Kyrie Irving, for instance. I mean, I, I think Ty's not dumb. That's he, the difference. It, he's just he's intentionally stupid. That's maybe worse. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, the they thing. still pay him. That's the thing about him. That's what bothers me more about him. Just being willfully obtuse. Yes! <laughs> and people still willing to give you a bag. Ah, because you're a good basketball player. You go say whatever the hell you want, bud. Have you seen him dribble? Oh, my God. It is Those handles. He is maybe the best handler <laughs> of all time. So, like, I get he, it. He, but he's probably so like, there one is of the a, stupidest. Again, there is the sliding scale of like, ah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's up there. It's up there. Speaking of stupid... Uh, the Portland Timbers can't get out of their own way. Uh, this happened. This story broke yesterday during the show, and this kind of we'll run through the whole timeline of uh, just how violently dumb it all is. We'll get to that here coming up on Danny and Dusty, Tony the Fan. Danny and Dusty on the Fan. Real quick on the Vancouver Ford text line, just highlighting the last segment on uh, saying stupid things. It's one thing to be dumb enough to believe that, flatter theory. It's another thing to be dumb enough to bring it up in your job interview. Which, yeah. Yeah. How does that Keep start? that to yourself. Like, look, again, you can have your own dumb belief. Don't let it affect me, i.e., don't tell me about it. I yeah. don't want to know. Yeah, so know. what question broached that if it did come uh, up in the job uh, interview? Like, yeah, so tell me about your greatest weakness or tell me about your greatest strength. Well, sir, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time studying something and I truly believe that the earth is really flat. And I believe my greatest strength is the ability to dive into why. Like, what the hell? Where did you start this conversation? I would imagine he volunteered it. Oh, and as a God. reporter or as somebody just standing there, I think, excuse me, what? Go on. I could because I'd be peeling that layer, the onions of that, the layers of that onion back real fast. Uh, peeling to peeling back layers, uh, the layers of the stupidity and aptitude and just outright dumb of the Portland Timbers over the past oof, three years. They keep stepping in it, whether it's uh, cases around sexual assault and harassment and uh, their mishandlings of that that led to the selling off of the Portland Thorns, the, the divorce of those two organizations, uh, to now their um, 
previous sponsor now, as they move away from Alaska Airlines, who had their own, I don't know if scandal, but uh, I would imagine the door flying off their airplane is probably in a better position than their the current former sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know which is worse right now, the Timbers or Alaska Air. Yeah, so uh, DeBella, it's a Hillsboro-based uh, home repair service company. Uh the Timbers have now separated entirely from them, even after acquiring a seven-figure endorsement deal. Why? The CEO of that of that company, uh, Donnie Millen, has allegedly sexually harassed women working for him. At least three is the report. So the Timbers um, have run into it at, at seemingly every turn. Uh, Merritt Paulson has em- been embroiled in this and his mismanagement of... Everything. Uh, if you want, go. Uh, what's it was, what was his name? Anthony. What was it? Polo. Anthony Polo. I think so. I, uh, yeah, I can. I, I know. I name. can always remember his Apologize. last name. But I can. I can always. I can never remember his first name. Uh, something Polo. That's. A, I think that's how far I go with the Timbers. Um, but they just seemingly can't get it right. And I had heard when they struck the deal with Debella that they were a company that was not a, above. Above board, so to speak, there was plenty behind the scenes that not great. Uh, Vancouver Ford text line people are coming in uh, pretty hot on the company, not not endorsing of it at all. Shocking. So, um, I mean, this reeks of a situation where take the money, get a New Jersey sponsor, make sure the money's coming in, and that from then on. We just hope that the nastiness goes away, goes bo- goes by the wayside, and this doesn't become a problem. Well, it's a problem, and they can't get out of their own way. So what do you do if you're the Timbers right now to kind of restore faith in the organization? Uh, you don't hire a, a sponsor for a bit. You, you just kind of take a step back, I think, and try to, like, you know what, we're going to figure out, like, who we're trying to partner with. We're going to look at ourselves as we should be right now. Maybe take some time and give up a little bit of money for, you know, part of this season before we we come to an agreement. I mean, I, I don't know what you can do. The Timbers, I heard Souk say this yesterday, they, they're sexually assaulting people even when they're not sexually assaulting people. They just repeatedly, I don't even think this is so much their fault, they have repeatedly stepped in it. So you got to step back, essentially, and, and I don't think you go sign another sponsor. I think that just looks bad, but as far as everything else goes... <laughs> You just got to shut up and do nothing wrong. I mean, Merritt's got to be just praying like, guys, no. Like, let, let's just, let's never, not don't go out at night. Like, don't don't look at somebody. Just play soccer and then go home. Because the Timbers are, it's, yeah, it's been a bad three years. It's, it's really just a, a dumb place for them to end up. But I will, this, is, this, is, this isn't the you got to hand it to them. But I will give them credit. They are they are divorcing themselves from Debella. Debella has been removed from their kits and will not be on on their kits. I believe they play Saturday or Sunday. They play and this it was weekend. quick. And it was quick. It was within twenty four hours yeah. of the court filing, which was I believe Tuesday, which twenty four hours would be Wednesday. So they waited till the due diligence on the court filings to see where 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 things were going to land. And of course, Debella has come out saying this is basically a hit job, allegedly. We don't know for sure, but the Timbers aren't hearing any of that. They're like, we don't even care the accusations enough. They need, yeah, and yeah. that's, whether that's fair or not, you can argue. Yeah. 
that organization has to take that. Th- step, that's right? kind yeah. of my point because you've been so important. It's it was Andy Polo who was the coach at the time uh, for the Timbers who was uh, found to have. Uh, uh, his partner claimed on Peruvian t- TV that he had become f- physically violent with her. Never should so. have fired John Spencer, man. He wasn't a great coach, but he wasn't bad. I like that Scottish accent. And it, it's, it's. I mean, it, it, they're in a place with the Timbers right now where, God, they need a win off the field. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't call this a win as much as, is it doing the right thing? I mean, so is this... Or is it doing the necessary and prudent thing? Like, I I feel like there is a difference. Is this such, like, a, a almost too much of, like, a digging into it idea where you go and you have, like, a sexual assault advocacy, advocacy group become your next sponsor? Like, really lean into trying to, to promote awareness of this and turn a complete 180, essentially, from what your franchise has been. I don't know. I really... that There's not many PR wins that they can get right now. According to reporting, uh, the CEO of the Timbers, uh, Heather Davis, apparently sat down with the accused and had a face-to-face conversation before making the determination. So there's at least that. She did sit down. So they they did their own due diligence. I think that's more than fair. And at that point in time, that's probably a a good place to end up. And I've seen this pop up... uh, up and down uh, on social media, as far as what you kind of what you just said, the idea of their next sponsor have it be like a nonprofit. Yeah, like go the other way, take it on the chin financially. You want to show your commitment? Okay, you need to spend the next decade promoting like against sexual assault and promoting groups that that are out there helping victims of this. No, there are ways to do this. Get involved in the community. Make a national stance about it. Hell, go get a sponsor on your stadium whenever that expires. Make the, Don't make it a nonprofit, but make it, you know, have a group that's looking at that pay for some kind of publication that you're willing to put out there to say, hey, we are against this. Yeah, I know. Something here needs to be done. And if I, some, the text line is saying that uh, Andy, uh, Andy, uh, Polo was a player, uh, coach. And if I said coach, I apologize. He was a player. Paul Riley was the coach on the timber side who was invo- involved in the uh, sexually assault, uh, sexual assault uh, cases uh, that went unreported throughout the organization and was even uh, signed to a contract extension within the organization. It, it was bad, which is why yeah. the, the, the timbers and thorns ended up being separated and sold off. Long story short, both organizations can't stay out of their own way and the central theme of this is continues to be Merrick Paulson. People aren't going to forget this either. I mean, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of pushback from the Vancouver 4 text line, but it's like what do you do? What what do you just go sign another sponsor, move on? No, there's got to be some not just public statement, but movement about this over time. This can't just be like, "Hey, we're going to do something this season." This has to be extended because people aren't forgetting about this. You need to take it forward to where they remember this, but they also remember the very long response that you made and the effort that you made to try and put the kibosh to it. I just go ahead and put the uh, put the sports bra on the front of the jersey. Sports bar, sports yeah, bra. Actually, see, not a bad idea. That's 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 a good. That's that's smart, Rust. See that that's that's kind of where you should probably start to look. Help help female owned businesses. It, like try to try to up like like their status. Like there's some way to do this. It doesn't have to be sexual assault advocacy groups or, or advocating for those victims. Like it, that'd be awesome. But yeah, like there's many female owned businesses that we could start to to up as well. There's nothing wrong with that. There's just 
there's a lot of different ways that go about this. The thing about the uh, the branding, obviously, is because it's, it's a it's a national deal. So it's fair. That's part of kind of how this all all shakes out. It's uh, but long story short, the uh, the timbers and the thorns they have managed to be in the thick of it over and over and over over the last four or five years. And I I will say I will give a general applause to divorcing from Debella here that the sign of this. Like again, it's not a you gotta hand it to him, but it's it is a it is a solid attaboy, at least for separating yourself from that situation even before it goes to if it goes to trial or not or whether I could settle out of court. But just that because of the implications that it does draw, considering the recent history of the organization, this is a good place to end up. I would say their stadium would have been close to empty if they hadn't have made a response or they had kind of done the thing five, ten years ago, like, oh, we're standing by our partners and we're going to see how the investigation plays out. Nobody would have bought tickets. All right, well, coming up next, local old man celebrates athletic achievements. But first, here's the big kahuna with a sports interrupted. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Last night in the NBA, LeBron James and the Lakers had a absolutely obscene comeback against the Los Angeles Clippers. It is the Clippers' last game against the Lakers in Staples, crypto, whatever the hell you want to call it, before they move into their new building in Inglewood, California, where they have over 1,200 toilets. Thank God. We need more toilets. Seriously. The, the line that I saw for the ladies at Moda last night for the Fall Out Boy concert. Mm. I'm, uh, yeah. I think a few, Steve few ladies. Steve Ballmer has been adamant that there will be no bathroom lines. That is good. I, I, no I saw a few ladies identifying as men because they really had to pee. Which go I'm for fine it. with. No, I, I told my wife, hey, if you got to go, just come with me. No problem with that. It just The problem is, is, if you go to use those stalls, they will be covered in pee. I was going to wonder. It's like, you know, so, so here's. We're the, all animals and nobody actually. Get, drops trow at the uh, at at, our, at arenas because we know better. Yeah, yeah. You wonder like uh, if your wife's okay with taking the risk of going into an unclean toilet, or, or she'd rather just wait. You, 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 it's like eh. depends on how you feel. It's true. I guess a uh, little drunky wonky. You're like, I just need to go. But before that, probably willing to wait. I guess it is what it is. But uh, back to LeBron James and the Lakers. LeBron James, uh, a man who's three months younger than me had one of his best fourth quarters uh, in his career. It is, it is his biggest fourth quarter comeback. 21 points, down 77-98 with 11-10 to go against the Clippers. LeBron went absolutely nuts. Playing Knock, like he's 21. Knocks down five threes, which again, not typically a part of LeBron James's game uh, as it pertains to the uh, the old shooting. No, that's usually like a plus thousand like player prop. Like five threes in a game for LeBron. Yeah, he ended up 7 of 12 from 3, 13 of 21 for the field, 34 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 blocks. Damn. Plus 11 on the night. Uh, are you to the point where, and I saw I saw the sentiment popping up a ton, do you think that we are at the point where we take LeBron James and his feats for granted? Um, No, actually, because of his old age. I personally, I tune in knowing that I'm watching a 38, 39-year-old still being great. Still basically everything that he does on the court is greatness. And 
carrying when he does play because that's the probably the one argument I have with LeBron is like, dude, get your ass on the court. Other guys at your age were on, or trying to be on the court more. Scottie Pippen, for instance, played 82 games in that 2000-2001 uh, season for the Blazers. One of only two guys to do that. The other one was Damon Stoudemire. I mean, this, this was just a different NBA. But anyways, LeBron, now I personally don't take his accomplishments for granted. I, I'm not expecting a 20-point comeback, but... Gosh, man, 38-39, scoring 30 points a game still. I I don't think that anybody else could do it but LeBron. So I do try to sit back at this point and just take his performances. As much as I hate the guy LeBron, I love the basketball player, and watching greatness is something that's like, all right, I'm not I'm not missing this. He's we we've never seen somebody able to perform at this level for that long and at the that, sustained that excellence is unreal. Yeah. And the, the, like there just, there hasn't been a dip. I mean, the, 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 the letdown as it were has been minimal at best. Yeah. He's just now starting to show signs of decline. Right. And, and even the parts where, where, you know, even with his, what is still ridiculous athleticism, mm-hmm. some of that has left him just, it pales in comparison to, to 20 year old, LeBron, but he has sure. made adjustments to his to game, his game yeah. to overcome those these those strive for greatness look away step back three that yeah. confuses and surprises no one I I, I feel like people want to uh, look he's he's earned a lot of what's coming to him you know what I mean in terms of like people's criticisms and like what they don't well, sure. what they don't like about him yeah. and his personality and such uh, but you know I mean it's he's by all accounts a good dude he hasn't really stepped in it he hasn't made any major mistakes public public faux pas was the i'm going to take my talents to south beach yes and also even that that look that wasn't the the tv networks went to him for that he didn't come and and he gave the money to the boys and girls yeah and he didn't come and say hey i want to do a special about my decision you know the 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 networks came to him and and asked him to do that he didn't say he wanted to do it but for somebody to be in the public eye for that long and that famous for that long, I mean, we we were hearing about him from when he was 16 years old, yeah. and he's never stepped in it. He's never made a, a major mistake. He's for essentially like 24 years. Yeah, not committed a crime. You know, we don't hear about. You know, he's uh, he's not Antonio Cromarty. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, in a so, world where he very much could be. Yeah, and so he's what, no Pac-Man Jones. It's yeah. it's it's nice that we can have a figure like that where basically all of his criticisms and critiques are. Sports or about related. the corny, or or about the corny, or just yeah. you know, just his on court, like, his on court. He's he's kept his uncouthness, yeah, private. <laughs> there we, yeah, sure, yeah. Maybe, there we go, yeah. Maybe that's the power of the NDA. Who knows? <laughs> maybe I'm he's just, just got maybe he's just got super great attorneys, and that's why we don't hear about anything. Great NDA, yeah. but uh, rich, yeah. But you know, it's it's I, it's refreshing to have a a a persona like that somebody who is still at the peak of their game was, has been at the top of their profession for so long and has never really just been a terrible person I, I would champion still at the age of 39 nobody today in the nba can get to the hoop like lebron besides maybe jason tatum and Giannis. i, I mean it, it is a hard press challenge for me to watch him just getting to the hoop whenever he wants to and finishing compared to everybody else who's 10 years younger than him. No, I, I mean, maybe in that we're taking it for granted because we forget his age, but I'm always looking at the dude, this old dude, he's performing like this. I've got to watch this for as long as I can. In, in reviewing draft tape, and I talked about it earlier, the whole idea of nitpicking things. 
Alex Sars is a guy that I've been doing a ton of research on and been rewatching tape on before I pit publish for the, the latest article on the Patreon is I find myself nitpicking because the stuff that he does, he makes it look so easy, makes it look so simple. And in the article, one of the things I, I, I wrote about and, and kind of going through his tape was that the comparison for him in that, in that vein is Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant is the ninth leading scorer all time. And the simplicity to which he makes scoring look, he is a career 50-38-89 shooter. He is almost a career 50-40-90 guy for good? his career <laughs> where 40% of his shots come from the mid-range. 21 years. Like, that's that's insane for, for Kevin Durant to be there. And then you look at what LeBron James is doing now, and you just kind of go, this is a guy who's been doing this for 20-plus years. And you go, Okay, so when he has a 21-point comeback in the fourth quarter against the Los Angeles Clippers, against a team that has Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and James Harden, and you see him take over at, again, 39 years old. He'll be 40 years old in December. I feel like we need to, and this is a sound salt. I don't want it to sound like holier than now. I just, there's something about, that we have lost as a society when it comes to taking in sports and to taking into individuals and greatness and appreciating them in the moment and not constantly looking for what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, and enjoying this. I hate the Lakers, but what LeBron James is doing and has done and did last night was truly incredible. And I think we just, we need to allow ourselves to enjoy those things and to yeah. not fall into the trappings of, you know, yeah, but you, well, you he, he got down 21. You know what I mean? Like, there's always something. Right, exactly. Well, he's a, the Lakers are a nine seed right now. It's like, yeah. and yeah. it doesn't take away from this. The whole West kind of sucks. That doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, you don't get to a game seven without losing three games first. Exactly. Like, that part of it, I just, maybe, it's weird. In my grumpier, getting older age, I'm also getting more, I'm getting, I'm getting lighter hearted about those things. And like, hey guys, maybe take advantage of these while they're here, because you have plenty of time to be grumpy. And it kind of take some time, smell the roses on the side of the road. Uh, apropos of nothing, and a hill I will continue to die on. Hmm. Greg Oden was still the right choice. He was. Hey, at the time, that's how you built an NBA championship. It was was a center, and they had the big three. And I know I say if here, if the Blazers may have handled him better, if he wouldn't have gotten so injured, that that would have been a two championship team at that time in that league. Absolutely, the way that it was being played. Yeah, I I, I stand I stand by it, but it is what it is. Speaking of the Trailblazers, Trailblazers injury report has been released for the game tomorrow afternoon against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the usuals that are have been out are going to be out: Malcolm Brogdon, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, uh, Robert Williams third. DeAndre Ayton has been added to the injury list and is doubtful with a right hand sprain, which doubtful in Blazers parlance means he ain't playing tomorrow. So half the team got it. Yeah. Yeah. And four of your top seven Damn. to start the season. Oh, hey, maybe we can give Haggins a run. Embrace the take. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a little rough. Uh, so that's your, your uh, Blazers news. So some NFL news as it was a close today's show, making a change towards the future that everyone and their mom has been clamoring for. Danny and Dusty, Danny, the fan. Danny and Dusty Welcome on the Odyssey back. app and 1080, The Fan. 
Tom Pelissero with some interesting news on the technology front. We may be facing the last year of the NFL's chain game. I love A sport worth $21 billion eyeballing first downs and using placards of paper to see if they did indeed reach the first down could be a thing of the past. And hoping a couple of 60-year-old dudes on the sideline yeah. remember where the spot was. Well, that's what the clip's Jeez. for. You put it at the end of, at the end of the yard mark or the end of the yard line to make sure it's consistent. No, uh, Tom Palacero is reporting the NFL has tested optical tracking in two stadiums. They already have it at all of them. And the Super Bowl last season for line-to-gain rulings, league Ooh. officials said today. The technology isn't especially ready for the 2024 season, but it would require a vote, but the future is coming. Thank God. They've had they've had the capacity and have used a chip in the ball before. To people, not, I, I mean, we've got chips on the pylon in the pylons now. That there's the, the little camera on the pylons, yeah. Like which there's yeah, optical like, tracking now that you could yeah. just do with a camera. You don't even really need technology in the ball, frankly. Well, uh, you do because the the ball gets in the bottom of the pile, or just use. I mean, there's it would be. I, I hear me, you. You're right. It's quicker. How that many way. how many things would it change? Over the history of the game, I would say that the number is unimaginably huge. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I mean, if we knew the exact spotting of the ball. Yeah. It's, <laughs> on oh, every single down. Instead of the ref just throwing it down and say, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Umpire going, ah, it's good. Fourth yeah. and one. Okay, he didn't get it. No, maybe he actually did. Your spot or, sucked. You were every, every down first, you know, first and ten. And yeah. you you run off a play that's ten yards, but they mark it says second and one. Well, and that fair. changes your play calling. Like yeah. the the sliding doors to actual line marking has to be unfathomable. The one that I always kind of I don't want to say marveled at, but wondered about is how accurate like the linesmen are on the sidelines when a punt goes out of bounds. Oh, they're just eyeballing that thing. And trying to mark they that. They just look it up in the air. Like they just, he's don't, got his hand up in the air swinging I mean, like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't keep they have like a beanbag they throw? Yeah. And it's, you're just eyeballing. <laughs> that's yeah. It. But it's just, I mean, that's like, are they just hoping for like a five yard buffer basically? And be like, which oh, is insane you know, when you think about it because horseshoes and hand grenades, it's close enough. Major league baseball. We've got tracking data that will tell us the Spin rate of the ball as it gets smacked the living hell out of the park. Yeah, but NFL officials. But NFL are officials, yeah, like ah, <laughs> ah, yeah, that was it's about here. Now, I saw it. I looked up approximately. Do, do you look at this as like the NFL willing to admit that this needed to happen? Because I feel like I don't think it needed to happen. I just think it's interesting because the NFL, for for being the biggest sport that they are, and let's get it right, has more of the ah eh, than any other sport, right? Like yeah. maybe like Major League Baseball, there's actual data backing up that most Major League umpires are within 97 percent or better on the strike zone. And then there's Angel Hernandez, which who has historically <laughs> been below that. Like there's the, the, there's math that shows it. Yeah, but I mean, there's no way for the public to track said punt or to track the ball other than well, let's go to this instant replay. Like yeah. ah, I mean, what was that? The uh, was it the Washington Oregon game that had the terrible spot? Because yes. there was the, there was the, there was a the catch that wasn't a catch, blah blah blah. But I want to say there was a there was a spot in there where everybody was like, "That's terrible!" <laughs> like it looked, it was like a yard short. It yeah. was like they gave him a first down. Yeah, like those kind of like brutal. There's so much of that that happens in football. Yet we are so worried about how precise we are with things. Yeah, it's seemingly the most most precise sport of all time, while also the most egregiously disregarding of. Precision as well. Yeah. 
It's it's quite the dichotomy. <laughs> is there still anybody out there that's clamming for like, well, it's okay, we need human error in the game. Yes! I, why? I think one guy outside the room. I believe I believe Sook is one of those guys. Oh, my yeah. God. If we have the ability to track things accurately, now, now, there is, then I think we should do it. However, they're, like in baseball, I do love managers arguing with umpires. So one thing that's gone away because of all these, you know, technology, like tracking things, things happening and reviews going on now is people don't argue as much. So I guess in the NFL, that doesn't really happen. It's just more about getting it right, which there's been so many ways that they've gotten it wrong. So why leave human error to chance? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It, it, yeah. It, in a league that's so precise about everything, it's just, it, it is kind of funny how it's just left up to, yeah, I think that's right. There's a, the NFL is made up of that. Okay, like think about a sack. How like really? really? How accurate are we get in that spot? Right when that quarterback gets picked up and ragdolled. Yeah, and we're talking like you know pre uh, you forward, can, forward progress. Yeah, pre you can touch the quarterback time period. Like yeah. the you know quarterback gets picked up by Deacon Jones and thrown seven yards. Like are you <laughs> spotting him where Deacon picked him up? Right. <laughs> like again, the sliding doors of if if you change that is. We're going multiverse of madness type stuff. Oh, yeah. Doctor Strange. It's it's just such an interesting thing. I wonder, like for, for everybody that's out there, particularly I'm not talking about fans, I'm talking about within the NFL. Everyone that's out there is like, we want things to be right and correct. If all of a sudden they are precise, mm-hmm. how much that really changes things. What about the time when you are quite literally half a millimeter short of first down? Because we have laser tracking technology mm-hmm. that says well, the eyeball would have said, yeah, you made it. But actually, in fact, go full Maury Povich, you did not get the first down. <laughs> hey, I think we saw this happen with Kadarius Tony over the line. Like They called that. They, they didn't have to, and Chiefs fans thought that they shouldn't have. I, is that the human error? Like when, when it affects me positively, I'm okay with it? Like, I just don't get it. So where do we go next? We go to like uh, sensors in the uniforms so we can figure out exactly if somebody's knee touched the ground? Actually, we probably should have that. I- I'm surprised that pads, like the, the shoulder pads and then the knee and thigh pads, don't have sensors I th- in them. I mean, honestly, I think you could probably put the sensor stuff in the field, to be honest. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Why not put them in both? I mean, we have th- this isn't going to be expensive. Yeah, it still is. It's, it's, We're talking a multi-billion dollar NFL, operation here. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. For it's relatively it no. not for them. I'm yeah. just saying for the organization that continues to not pay its former players all that well uh, for medical stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, I the Chiefs. The I don't Ch- think they're making that, that investment. Also, yeah. Did you see what the Chiefs are, are doing are not doing for their players? Like, Everything. So, uh, I don't really think that's uh, that's except their head problem. coach. Right. Well. That's it for today's show. Schultz, thanks for hopping in. Dude, that was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Love to do it again. This, I, I've been here a year and a half. This is mm-hmm. the first time that you and I have done a show together. I thought we did one. We did not. We did not. It was Dusty, you and I. I was, no, this is this is the very first time. Oh, well, there you go. So, Blame but, Jeff Rust. Uh, you know I what? J- I just show up and do stuff. He schedules. I, I finally <laughs> lost my Danny Meringue Jeff Rust virginity. So, so I'm, I'm happy to I would not that. say that out loud. Yeah. What? Uh, what? There's one thing you won't say out loud? <laughs> I've said so many things out loud that have turned into drops. I'm desensitized, okay? <laughs> I love you guys. That's where Danny draws the line. <laughs> I will say this on the Vancouver 4 text line uh, regarding the Lakers and Clippers. Didn't bet the NBA all year. Grab the Clips last night. Epic. I'm so sorry. Yeah, those are the kind of beats that keep you coming back for that uh, degenerate gambling. 
Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate you. We love you. Dustin will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, he's uh, out, out dealing with sick kids, so hopefully he'll be back in tomorrow. If not, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep things going. We'll get something figured out. Jordan Schultz, Jeff Frost, everybody, thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. Isaac and Souk up next here on Tentative Fan. Have a wonderful night. Take care. Talk soon. Mm, bye.